Today's episode is sponsored by Pacific Sensi. Pacific Sensi is a boutique farm in Oregon that grows top shelf quality hemp flower. Hemp flower looks, smells, and smokes like weed, except it's low in THC, so it doesn't get you high. Pacific Sensi flower is loaded with CBD, so you can enjoy the benefits of cannabis without feeling burned out, paranoid, or anxious, which makes me super excited to try that out. Relaxing after work, or even at work, a day at the beach, or on the go. Pacific Sensi flower is non intoxicating, so it's perfect. Anytime. Pacific Sensi Flower is greenhouse grown, seedless, and always fresh. Go to www.pacificsensi.com. That's www.pacificsensi.com to order now. And use promo code NintendoMain for 10% off. Hey, throw us a bone here, guys, or a seed or a stem, whatever you got to do. From downtown, this is Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, Nintendo got a decent amount of video game nominations, and let me tell you something, the tricolor battle, it's real. I swear! I don't know if I believe you, and I also am of the opinion Hot Wheels operate on the Toy Story rules. I got lots of milk, inside and outside of bags. And Hot Wheels. So there we go. Have you ever found a Hot Wheel in your milk? <laughs> uh, Don't swallow that; it'll hurt. Thankfully, no. I mean, well, I I'm a big I'm a big milk fan, and I get real weird when there's shit in my milk, unless it's double stuff Oreos, which is was my favorite candy before I was diabetic. So you know what's great about being a milk fan? Milk fan perfectly fills out a license plate. <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh, once, once I had to, once I started paying for my own license plates, I stopped getting personalized ones. So there you go. Wow. Anyway, welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode three hundred forty-seven. Your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about the video game awards and the Nintendo nominations, plus a lot more. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey Mary Amiibus Johnson. I'm Jeremy, sixty-five and feeling alive, Mikowski. I'm John, milk everywhere knitter. You're not that old yet, Jeremy. Am I not, no. though? Like <laughs> You're not 65. You're not even 40 yet. I feel alive. <laughs> that part's true. All right, so uh, let's start off our show as we normally do and talk about games that we bought and games that we've been playing. <laughs> so I think, I think I'm the only one that played the Splatfest over the weekend, but, uh, but I did. Yeah, I missed it. And, uh, and that's the reason that all of you lost. Well, you know, didn't vote for any pokemon type so that's what you lost but I, I was part of the team water just because i know we talked about we were all on different sides the last time we talked about it but i picked water because uh quaxley is the is the one i'm gonna pick for the new pokemon which i oh, pre- right. which i preloaded by the way i it was one of those things uh i knew i needed the new pokemon i'm gonna want it no matter what so i bought it preloaded it made sure the money was out of there you know trying to you know figure out my fan- finances and all that stuff by a uh... 
something for your future self. But I have a yeah yeah I have a I have Pokemon Violet preloaded on the system right now, so excited about that. But yeah, but I but I played uh, I played played the Splatfest, and uh, there was a big update before that, and I think they figured out the tricolor battles because I played a ton of them, so they they're totally real. I need proof. They like. Did you record any of it? I played. Ten, I played ten of them. I experienced did you take it a myself. Did you take a? Um, you know what? I did, did not. I did not record it video? because I was trying to Why? have. A good, I was trying to have a good time. I didn't want to have stress about Are trying, you trying to post something somewhere. Extraterrestrial? Are you going to be like? I'm just trying to have a good time. I'm not going to snap a photo. I don't believe you, Trey. I played the tricolor battle in the global test fire before this as well. So yeah, I mean, sure you did. Yet. And I got abducted in 1987, but you know that was before video cameras were. Common. Well. Well, just let me tell you about what I learned from Splatoon 3. Um, so the tricolor battle is real. Um, it doesn't happen until after 6 p.m. on Saturday. It's like, uh, oh. it, it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer's describing like Mr. Burns when he like looks like a, or the alien Mr. Burns where he's like, he doesn't, oh, yeah. he doesn't come out until after 10, like Urkel. You know, that's like what, I, <laughs> what I'm thinking out, thinking of that right now, reading this. Yeah, no, the tricolor battle doesn't come out till after 6 p.m., like Urkel. Every Friday night, like Urkel. No, it's uh, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night after 6 p.m. <laughs> so it's the it's like the culmination of leading up to that, and then the last bit of it is the tricolor. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So uh, when so when so when the Splatfest starts, you can't do the tricolor battle. But what I noticed was difference with different with this update is now there's an option that says you can go straight to tricolor battle. And I played it that Friday night, and it's like tricolor battle isn't available until Saturday after six. And I'm like, okay, shit, I gotta I gotta play Saturday night. We gotta do this. So I did. I, I was like, I was like, for how long? Is it only going to be like six to eight? Because I might not get on until after ten, whatever. But I jumped on at ten, and I did like one regular battle, and the second battle was tricolor battle, and then it was like boom, boom, boom. Like everyone was tricolor, 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 tricolor. I did like four or five in a row, and I ended up doing like maybe eleven of them total. But we got destroyed because like my because Team Water was winning, so they were in the middle of the tricolor battle. And we just, we got fucking, we didn't win a single one. Because this is both people are just, they were, but the other ones were just coming right at us. And uh, and when when I when I jumped back on Saturday night, and I tried to go down to that option that says tricolor battle on the bottom, it says, if you're in the lead, you can't pick this. And But it says, but it will still be chosen at random for you. And I'm like, okay. So then, like I said, then I played one match, and then the next match was tricolor. And then it was tricolor, tricolor, tricolor. And then I was like, I was like, well, maybe I should change my weapon. So I switched it to a different weapon, and then I did a regular match. And then I had a tricolor battle, and then I changed my weapon again. Then I had a regular match and a tricolor battle. So I was like, well, maybe if I just keep doing the same thing and not change the weapon, I'll just stay in the tricolor battle. And I did a little bit, but only for a couple. But yeah, no, I did a bunch of them. And we got destroyed, but apparently... That wasn't the truth because water will always win over everything. I don't know. But but what I learned from this, uh, we talked about this before when Splatoon 3 first came out, but uh, the conch shells, you only you get them in Splatfest when you level up. That's how you get okay. them. So like cuz I cuz I had like leveled up and I was like I'm going to try to get I'll try to get a new weapon cuz I thought I had 3 of the Sheldon licenses or whatever. And it turns out I only had 2. And I had another conch shell because every time you level up in Splatfest, you get a conch shell, and that's okay. how you and that's how you get those. We were trying to figure that out before. It has nothing to do with whether you win or not. That's why we all had, had always had the shells after. Which is further reason to actually try to play the Splatfest for that those shells because you, you can earn those just by 
playing matches, whether you win or lose. And uh, actually, this is a news thing. I don't know if you have it on there, but Splatoon is actually going to get updated the beginning of December. It's uh, what's called the chill season. And I'm very excited about it because I'm a big Salmon Run fan. And apparently they're going to make, they're going to add more levels to Salmon Run. And they're basically making Salmon Run bigger. And now you can do Salmon Run in the actual, in the regular uh, Turf War levels. What? And I think that's fucking cool as shit. Because I like. So you're going to play the same level, but it's Salmon Run? Yeah, no, no. You're going to do Salmon Run, but it's going to be a much bigger Salmon Run because you're going to be, instead of doing like the single island that you have in the regular Salmon Run, you're going to play it on like on the levels that are available for um, Turf Wars, from what I understand. And that's fucking cool. The trailer looked like there was a new level there, too. Maybe I'm wrong. There is a new level, at least one new level as well for well for um, turf war. But uh, mm-hmm. ho- hopefully, I don't know if either you, either of you saw the trailer, but I did. But it was. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited, and I watched some like I watched like a I think Game Explained did a thing about it where it's like they're like, well, Splatoon three was really cool, but it kind of dropped off pretty quickly because it wasn't that much different from two. But now they're bringing more shit to it, so I'm just excited for. I mean, for me, it was like. I want to do the Splatfest because I want to do the tricolor battle, which I wanted to do when it came out, and I didn't get to it. But this time I had it, so it's like, what is what is the incentive? Like, what is the carrot at the end of the stick to like bring me to the next thing? You know, and that's. And- I wonder if Nintendo's going to end up treating this more like like a, a, a sort of a you know forever uh, you know, battle games that go up. You know, Fortnite goes on forever and all that. I mean, don't I mean, don't forget that Splatoon one and two were actually very good, like games as a service game. Like Splatoon one was very un- incomplete when it came out on Wii U, and they and the reason that it like kept me going with it and the multiplayer was they added new shit like every two weeks. So they've done this before. Like that is that's the way the Splatoon works. That's why uh, yeah. when we talked to Fuchsia on here about Splatoon three, uh, she said that yeah, it's like that's like Splatoon two was not the Splatoon 2 that you saw at the end when it started, like, because it didn't have all these things. Same with Splatoon 1. It didn't have all these extra modes, but they added it later. This has always been a game that has, like, progressed as it goes. So you get a little bit of it, and then by the end it'll be this completely different thing. So Splatoon 3 was really good because it's basically like 2, but a little bit better. But you're going to get, what you're seeing now is going to be much different than what you see, like, two or three years from now, you know. Because that's just kind of how these games work. So I'm excited for more stuff. And and there was somebody who kind of like data mined it, who saw who had who had seen this before. So it was it was mentioned, but it's called Big Run, right? It's, it's the new like uh, Salmon Run thing, I believe. I think that's what it was. Called. I had only heard, I heard about from you. Just anyway, so. anyway, Salmon Run is great because Salmon Run is like Monster Hunter. Which is also great. I guess I could segue on that. So, uh, so my my middle name I said uh, Amoeb Miss because I have the most amount of amiibos that I think I've ever gotten at one point, or amiibo, however you want to say it. I actually don't have all of them because one of them was supposed to be delivered today and it was delayed till tomorrow, so I don't have it. So you went on an amiibo shopping spree? No, not necessarily. Actually, a friend of the show, best best friend of my wife, uh, Caroline, went to New York and uh, she called Jess and I while she was in New York and asked me and basically like, you know, did like photo or did like a video call, which amiibo do you want? And uh, she got, she basically got me all of the new monster hunter amiibo. And at also the Nintendo store? at the Nintendo Whoa. store in New York. Yeah. 
She's nice. so cool. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know if they actually bought anything. I was like, buy something for yourself. I'm like, look at the. I'm like, look at the Game Boy that got bombed in Desert Storm. It's fucking cool. Go look at it. Like we were there. Justin and I went there. I already liked Caroline because we hung out with her. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, 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 you, stuff, yeah, you were at their, uh, you were at her, uh, her and Robert. Damn, uh, that's a really thoughtful thing apartment. to do. And but no, Ka- yeah, Caroline called, uh, called Jess. Hell yeah. Uh, while while her and Robert were at the uh, Nintendo store, and uh, Jess brought me the phone, and Caroline was like, "Which one of these do you have?" And showed me like all of the amiibo that was there. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, so she bought me uh, the three, the three new uh, Sunbreak. Monster Hunter amiibo, and uh, because of customs and all that, she had to open a couple of them. But Jess said, uh, "Leave one in the package so we could open it on the show." So you know, but um, but actually, there's some other ones that I have as well that aren't just these. But um, but I got yeah, I got the uh, the new uh, Sunbreak amiibo. This is the uh, this is like the dragon, uh, the vampire dragon thing. I really I should, I should have looked up the name, but it looks really good. Like this is all if you can. I know how big is it? I don't know. It's I mean it's. This one, they charge more for this one because it's a little bit bigger. It's not as big as the Magnamala one, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But like the front, the front part here, like the chest, is all like see-through. It's like see-through red or, or see-through pink uh, flames. Because if mm-hmm. you remember the Monster Hunter trailers, the pink flames are the ones that like steal your blood out of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is basically the the vampire dragon, like the new main character of of Sunbreak. It has a really cool tail too, you know, for for like. For the three of us that can see this and are like five patrons that can watch this video, cool. video as well, but no, I, no, I think this one looks badass. It's a little bit of a pea stand in the middle, but whatever. I think it looks fucking amazing. And I got it's the dragon pea, so it's special. Say monster yeah. hunters pea too. And, uh, and this, monsters. so we have the, we have the palico also with like the ultimate armor here, the ultimate new sunbreak armor. I think it looks pretty rad. It also it, it kind of like gives me a little bit of a uh, Dragon Quest three vibes here. It's almost like a Erdrick uh, Lodo armor. They're like on the top, like the headpiece kind of looks like Dragon Quest three. And we have the one that isn't opened is um is the Palamute the uh, the dog. So I guess we'll I guess we'll open that. But yeah, uh, Caroline had to open a couple of them because of like ASMR just, fans just just packing them. Up. But but I, what I thought was really cool and very thoughtful was that Caroline like put these inside of her shoes. So they wouldn't get bent, like in the in, in the um, in the luggage. So I appreciate that. That's nice. Yeah. What a sweetheart. But yeah, I haven't taken a look at this one because it's still. Oh yeah, this one looks cool too. So there's That's the so Palamute cool. with the Palamute. Yeah, the Palamute armor, which I think looks fucking rad. Robo dog. It looks really good. Like yeah, no, it's like there's all the the layers and all the points and all that. So I guess, I guess they're all, they're all wearing, they're all wearing the armor of the, of the vampire dragon. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who knows monster hunter, you, you fight monsters and you take, then you basically take the parts of the monsters and you make really cool fucking armor out of it. And, uh, the more, the harder the monster is, the cooler fucking armor you can wear. And that's what this is. And you can also make armor for your palamutes and your palicos. Yeah. And this is actually one I've been looking for for a long time. I always check uh, GameStop for it because I've never seen any Monster Hunter amiibo at Target or whatever. And I was like, "Holy shit!" That's oh yeah. I was like these. I was like these ones. Like the yeah. Give give me the Monster Hunter ones. And yeah, and she did. And I sent her money for it and all that. And it was fucking rad. Like these. Yeah, these ones look really good. It makes me. Uh, I mean, I need to get back to Monster Hunter Sunbreak regardless. But yeah, it makes me want to get back to it. It's going to be a stream, maybe not this week, but ne- maybe next week. 
I'm gonna stream Monster Hunter again because now you can have a now you can have like stuffed animals as weapons, and that would make my like loadout even more ridiculous because I already already look like Akuma. Plus, I have the Sonic dog, and I have like and I have like the the like the jet. Uh, the Mega Man jet, and, like it's just gonna make my loadout look even stupider, and I'm and I love it. <laughs> but the other thing that I got was, uh, uh, you know, on Twitter, still exists. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's still alive, still alive, still there, still good, still good. Uh, somebody posted on Twitter. I forget it was one of those that I follow. It was like maybe Wario sixty four, Spawn Wave, or one of those ones. Anyway, they posted that uh, the new Splatoon three amiibo were up on Amazon like for regular price. And I'm like, holy shit. So I, so I ordered all of the new Splatoon three amiibo as well. And I only got two of them. I didn't actually, the one that I really, really wanted, I was like, cause it's not a three pack. They actually, they're all separate now. And uh, the one that I want was the little buddy guy, the little like fish dude that comes with you. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, the one, yeah. that's the one that isn't here yet, unfortunately. Cause I was like, Oh, so you got them. You just haven't, they haven't all arrived. I have two. I have two of three of them. I don't have okay. the little. I don't I have the little you were fish guy. Saying like they didn't all go through. Like you couldn't order all of them. I mean, they they charged me for it. So hopefully, I get it. They're saying I'm gonna get it tomorrow. I was I was originally supposed to get it by Wednesday, but uh, what's what's his fucking name? The the dude, uh, Small Fry. Yeah, this guy. Uh, this probably probably the coolest looking amiibo. The small fry one that was like, cause there I was like, well I'll buy one. And I'm like I looked at the other mm-hmm. one. I was like, well that one's cool. And I'm like, well this one looks cool too. Anyway, so I small got, fry is great in the single player campaign. So, so I got these two. Oh well, yeah, yeah small same. fry is the regular one. So I got these ones as well. New new no Splatoon ones. three ones. Um, this one. Uh, so I got the Octoling. I looked at uh-huh. it. I was like, well hey, I think this is the first. Seriously, I think this is the first black amiibo there is. Like seriously. Like non white person amiibo is probably the Octoling, like for real. So I'm like, I you like, I, know you have a lot of. So like I gotta get this one, and then I and then I saw the uh, the Inkling, and the Inkling has that has the new like has the like bow and arrow thing mm-hmm. from Splatoon three, and I was like, well, fuck, I gotta get that too. But they look really cool. No, no, seriously, uh, I feel like it was the first like non white skinned amiibo. I think. I mean, that isn't like a bird person or something, you know. Yeah, I was hoping that I would have all the amiibo here so we could have like a full on amiibo fest. Yeah, this one's really cool though. This is the the Octoling, Octoling amiibo. Looking super dope. Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, the last time I got a Splatoon, actually, well, I have the Squid Sisters. But I mean, I have the Squid Sisters and I have the Splatoon 1 amiibo. I don't have anything from 2, so I feel like and every time every time I went to Target, I always look for the Splatoon 3 ones. And I was able to order them from Amazon, so I have them here. Uh, listen to that. The air has been trapped for months. Yeah, that I mean that what's what's really cool about these Splatoon ones is like they don't have the P stand, but they also have this really cool like ink just like you know like yeah. it's like they landing and this ink is like coming up from the ground it's a re- really really cool design like it's as you can see it, it's almost like it's, it's like an excuse for a pea stand but it's because like this one is attached to the back of the inkling on the back here 
there's like this ink just no, coming up and catching excuse, the hand. Ink splashing everywhere in that game. I'm just saying it looks fucking cool. Like it's it's just a really cool idea. Same with the with Octolang. You have like this like ink like exploding around them, and that's what holds them onto the amiibo stand. It's just like amiibos have come so far since like the you know the P stand link or the. They look cooler, you know. but they've become less functional. Yeah, I don't use them for any. I just like to look at them because they look fucking cool as shit. You know, but I don't, I really don't. I never. You I would think, based on them. the trajectory back in the day, that they would be like have little screens on them by now or something. But nope. Now they just look better. It was a. Uh, it was Mal Malzano is the name. Is that was nice. Uh, Caroline uh, put the put the cards, which I think Jess might have suggested that, but put the card backs on there for the ones that were opened. But Malzano is is the uh, is the Dracula dragon that's on there, and of course, yeah, Palico with the Malzano armor. Which I don't know if you listen to your right. line, but that was very kind of you. <laughs> uh, Robert might. I don't know. Robert, you as well. I mean, he, he, he said some things that I thought he maybe only heard from the podcast. I mean, last time I saw him, he mentioned uh, talk about the Mario Kart tournament. So I thought he might have heard that from the podcast because I hadn't talked to him before. But yeah, I got, got all these Amiibo here. I got all, got all the new ones. It's pretty pretty rad. I was very excited about it, saving, saving it for the show to open them. I mean, you in total, you got like five or six uh, I I have six. Well, I don't have the sixth one yet, but I have I have the newest one. So I have the three new Monster Hunter ones, and I have the three new Splatoon three ones. So those are all of the new ones, not counting the Minecraft ones, which I don't give a shit about. Which you could still buy at Target if you want those. They're there all the time, but I don't care about Minecraft. But yeah, I got I got the I got the six new ones that I wanted: the Monster Hunter ones and the Splatoon ones, and they're cool as shit. Yeah. You just look at this and it's like, you know the song. Everybody who plays Platoon knows that song. It makes me want to shoot ink at things and then run through it as though <laughs> I were surreptitious or some short. Exactly. All right. Um, I got a couple more things here. There's a little game called Lunistis. L-U-N-I-S-T-I-S-T-I-C-E. It's a, it's a cool game. It's a... I think uh, we mentioned this before, Jeremy and I, we both talked about uh, really loving playing uh, like low-poly games that run really smoothly. That's This game yeah. falls in that category. It's only four ninety nine, and it's basically like, what if there was a Sonic game that was really good in 3D, and you could run really fast, and it's a shit ton of fun, and that's this game. And uh, there, there's, a, there's a demo. You can download about five levels for free and try it out. And uh, I, I downloaded the demo, and then I ended up getting the game as well. And it turns out, like I said earlier, I preloaded Pokemon, so I ended up getting four dollars in gold points because of that. So I only paid like a dollar for this. So I used it towards this game, and I played the demo. I thought the demo was really cool, and I was like, "Well, I, I was like, well, this is really interesting. I want to see how far it can go." So I so I ended up buying the game after that for a dollar, and and it's and the and the levels that were not in the demo were like way more. They're really good. There's a lot of, there's grinding in there, you know, like good grinding. And there's a thing where you kind of like jump onto almost like a water slide that makes you go faster. And you kind of like move the stick where it's like, you kind of have to move the stick to the side to like turn into the curves and stuff like that. But it, it just runs really well. Like it's, I think it's, you know, it's been fun as shit. There was a, there were, there was a couple times where I almost wanted to break my controller because they have a level set. It is very reminiscent. Uh, this was in like a Mario 3D World. It was in Mario Galaxy as well. But they have like a rhythm level where like it where it changes on different beats, and it actually kind of has the beats on the bottom showing you like where it's at, which is pretty cool. 
So it's like one and two and one. So it's like going to change at one and two. And it's going to change in this one. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure both of you do. It's like in, in Mario Galaxy, you flip the thing for like the different, for the platform to switch from one side to another. Mm-hmm. And then later when it was in three, 3D land or 3D world, it would change with the rhythm because you couldn't yeah. flip it anymore. So they have whole levels like that, but they've kind of like made it much more difficult where like sometimes it's stuff that's in your way where you have to jump from one to another right on the rhythm. And I died a bunch of different times. And basically each level grades you on uh, how many times you die and how many of the um, uh, origami cranes. There's the origami cranes that you collect and there's a certain amount of them in every level. And you get graded by how many origami cranes you collected and how many times you died and your time, which has to do with how many times you died. And then you get a grade on top of that. So, so like for this one, I died the most amount of times. I think I died like 20 times before I got through it. And I was really pissed that I, I did not, I did not vibe well with the, uh, with the, with the time, with the rhythm ones. Cause I kept like missing the jumps and I'm like, I hate this, but it was my fault. But once I got past that, I got to this really cool fall level with a whole bunch of grinding, which was a lot more fun than that. Like fall themed, or like you're actually falling? Oh no, no, I mean, I mean fall. Like it has the colors of fall. Like it has gotcha. like that, you know, it has like that kind of brown, like brownish uh, trees in the background, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it looks really, really cool. And I've actually had a lot of, and it's like five dollars. It's it's cheap as fuck, and it's a lot of fun. So I had I mean, a lot of fun with that. Alone sounds. But it but it but it has free it has free demo as well. Try out the demo. Uh, oh. Nothing carries over, unfortunately. But I didn't mind playing through the levels again. They don't take that long once you know how to play them. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I've still been rocking the cloud, uh, playing Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil Eight. Still playing that game. It's a fun game. I I, I got back to that scary part again that I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part that really freaked me out. The PT was part. less scary this time. You know what? Uh, I, I know I know exactly what's going to happen because I already played through it, but I still was like, I still was freaked out about getting to it. Like I was almost like, I almost didn't want to play because I'm like, all right, I know what's happening. I'm like, I'm trying to psych myself up here. I'm like, all right, you know what's going to happen. You already played through it, and I'm like, because I almost wanted to just like not play it, not play the game because I was almost there. But I was like, I was like, but the parts after that are really fun. So I'm I'm just like trying mm. to encourage myself to get through the scary part again. It's like it's like just get through it. You know, all the shit after that is going to be a lot of fun. So once you get past that, it's fine. So so I got myself through that, but I still was like a little freaked out about it. But I You're wasn't like, as scared. I wasn't as scared this time around. But still, it sucks. They take all your fucking. They take all your weapons away from you. Oh, that's right. So you're not, and you have to hide from this giant, scary ass uh, baby out. monster. And yeah, yeah, the new game plus stuff is taken away, and you still have to play it a certain way. But uh, after, but after last week when I was talking about getting the infinite ammo and all that, um, right at pretty much right after you recorded, I jumped back into Resident Evil Village, and I got, I bought back my original shotgun, and I and I fully upgraded that, so I have an infinite ammo on that. And I also Damn. bought back the handgun, and I have infinite ammo, ammo on that. So I have infinite ammo on the first two basic shotgun and handgun. So I have that. But also what I found out is if you buy a... Because it's sort minor spoilers. At the end of the game, you get to play as Chris Redfield for a while. Like Resident mm-hmm. Evil 1, Chris Redfield. And Chris Redfield's weapons are fully upgraded. And after you beat the game, you're able to purchase these weapons with challenge points, which you get for doing different achievements in the game or whatever. Um, and if you buy the, and if you buy Chris Redfield's weapons, they're automatically fully upgraded. So you can buy the weapons, and then you can buy ult- unlimited ammo for them as well. So I was like, well, maybe I should have 
just got Redfield's weapons because you get the ultimate like automatic rifle and the ultimate mm-hmm. like shotgun and stuff like that. And you you do you do get uh, Chris Redfield's uh, ultimate knife just for beating the game. Stabby. But it's you know it's still fun. It's it's it's, it's a great game. I th- I think I uh uh kind of kind of a little uh, tipsy to commented on somebody's Facebook uh post on some Nintendo thing that I follow about Resident Evil. I was like, you got to play them cloud games. <laughs> and the guy was like, uh, we, I don't have good enough internet. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't think I have that great internet either, but it still seems to run pretty well. I mean, it must be good enough if you're getting through these games. Yeah, no, I mean, last week I said the only problem I really had was that one time where it told me that the internet was too slow and it kicked me out and changed the controls. That was the only time, but it, it, I mean, I've, I've been playing through it on the regular. Like, it feels great. And I was playing I was playing Proteus for a little bit, like, just to play the updated version. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe this is a little bit smoother. But then I jumped back to Village, and it still felt great. So, I don't know. And, and same with, like, Splatoon, you know, doing Splatoon 3. That was real responsive. And yeah, it's Do you good. feel it has the same appeal of, like, Resident Evil 4 for the replay value? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, totally. Because that's, like... Yeah, I want to get to that point, then, because... I own the game. I think it's good. I think it's a, I think it's a good game. I'm really like I said before. I'm really excited about playing seven. Like I'm 100 percent getting that when it comes out, and I want to play the DLC as well of, of eight. Definitely want to get it. But I feel like there's so many Resident Evil games on Switch now. Like I want to wait for them it's to all of them all go on sale and like get them all at once. You know what I mean? Like I mean, and the, the the ones that have been out for a while those go on sale every so fact, they just were on sale. Oh, they they were yeah they were on, they were on sale for Halloween was the last time they were on sale which makes sense of course because they're horror games because you got four for on sale right john yeah i did i got four and i paid like what ten dollars or something like that so you gotta go back and play that something like that yeah i I mean i mean they'll go they'll they'll go on sale again i mean they do go on sale very very often and uh and two well two is out now and three will be out when this is posted as well and i was like well i have two on ps4 and i wanted to play that but and I was like, and I want to play three too, but I'm like, I, I think I'm just gonna just keep playing eight, and then I'll play seven. I'll stay in that world, and then I'll go back to the remakes of two and three and all that. It's just you I didn't know. really want to play the remake of four when that comes out. Hope that's gonna come. Oh, out I'll switch. definitely play that. I sure. have to. I mean, well, I mean, with these cloud versions, I think there's a good chance of it coming out on Switch. Hopefully, they, I mean, they did they did delay the DLC of a uh, Village because they actually released Village on the same day that pretty much almost the same day as the DLC came out for PS4, but they pushed it. I thought it would be at the same time, but whatever. Regardless, I'm still going to get the DLC and I'm going to get Seven as well because uh, people say that that Seven is really really good, so I really want to play it. But no, I recommend playing Eight. I mean, when it's you know, if you're waiting for it to be on sale, get it on sale. The problem is, uh. It's really hard to tell whether those cloud games are on sale or not. Like I remember you telling us that like Hitman was on sale certain times, but the problem is yeah. it does it doesn't show up in the eShop as being on sale. You have to go it says free download. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you have to go into the game and you have to like go and look at the price inside of the game for you to see the sale, which is annoying. Why can't it just be in the regular sales like everything else? And Nintendo is not going to send you an email about it like they do all the other stuff. Well, they have their like own ecosystem with their cl- within their cloud. It seems. Yeah, it's just annoying that you can't you you won't really know like whether it's on sale unless you go into the game and look at it, which is dumb. And and the same thing with like uh like Resident Evil Two released like last week, and Resident Evil Three is releasing this coming week. You won't know unless you look through the game. 
Like it does, it doesn't show up in in the recent releases. Like you have to play the demo and then it'll show it show it to you on there, which is really dumb. But uh, what else? I guess since I I'll end with this one. Since I preloaded Pokemon Violet, I uh, the other night I, j- I jumped back onto Pokemon Sword just to see where I was. Wow. To be like, uh, how much do I have left? Uh, I was like 35 hours in, I think is what it was, was recorded on there. I, I I caught a couple Pokemon while I was playing, but I got a, I got a award for getting 175. And when I and when I ended, when I saved again, it said I had a 176. And I was like looking at that, I was like 176. That's like that's like more than the original Pokemon. That's like more than like Red and Blue, yeah. which only had 151. So I was like, damn, like these games are way too much bigger. Anyway, I played it a little bit. I, I went through the Rock Stadium like a. Uh, and I pretty much toasted them with all the characters that I had, and I went to state and destroyed them all that. And I was just, I was just really excited about Violet, which I have preloaded, and I'm like, so I just wanted to get into a little Pokemon. I just kind of jumped in there and just tried it out. I don't know how much I'll play it before the actual game comes out, but, but yeah, Pokemon, the new Pokemon's coming out this week. I'm excited about it. No reviews yet, but it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things I felt like I had to get it because it's Pokemon. I get all those, I get all those dumb games, like whether I play them or not. I'm always Absolutely super excited, nice. but I'm really excited about the open world, and it's almost—it's kind of like Pokemon Monster Hunter because now you can get a four-player team to go out there and fight monsters with you. It's uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, and you get your legendary right up front. You get to like fly around, drive on a motorcycle, and all that. I haven't looked at. Apparently, it got leaked. I haven't looked at any of the leaked stuff, of course. But I do want to know. I want to know what the ultimate evolutions of the starters will be. And I kind of looked into that a little bit, but they all looked fake. Like, they didn't look real. So I need I need an official uh, website to tell me about that. I understand. So that's, but that's me. All right. What do you got, Jeremy? What do I got? Well, you know, I got a little thing called Dark Souls, which earlier I said 65, or level, level 65 and feeling alive. I've been doing my best to maintain my humanity, so you have to spend your humanity points after you die to stay human. And doing that, you face more random foes that will eventually become your allies if that makes any sense you have to fight them first and then they can be summoned like at boss fights so i've been trying to get more of them but for the most part i've still just been playing like usual but uh i got through sin's fortress which i do believe is where i was last week it's how you it's what you open after you ring the two bells you go into the fortress i got to the top of that i defeated the iron golem didn't take me too long. The, go- the golems are actually pretty easy. There were several uh, up there, and two of them will just like get pissed off and just roll up into a ball and let you kill them. Like they just won't even attack you. They just like flail their limbs around. It's weird, but yeah, it's a weird game. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> so after I defeated the golem, I walked up and there were these weird like harpy looking things, and they grabbed me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to die. No, that's transportation. They oh. took me to the next level. And so, yeah, they took me to a place called Anerlando, and that's kind of like a, a hidden realm, so to speak. I don't know. It was really not that hidden. It's just like up a little higher, about a quarter of a mile east or whatever. But uh, <laughs> they brought me over there, and now there's all these giant sentient statues, or, you know, these giant animated statues I have to kill. And it's actually pretty great because uh, they give you a bunch of XP, so... I've been kind of farming XP and building up levels, which is why I'm at level 65. But uh, And I actually ended up finding like a really nice set of armor, which was like a little secret wall that I found on my own that was inside of a fireplace. And I went in there, and there was this really awesome set of armor that 
basically just increases all of your stats about 20. So it's a little bit like, maybe not quite as much, but a little bit like the, uh, you remember when you get the uh, the giant shell in Super Mario RPG? Oh, yeah. It's a little bit like that because it's an overall outfit. Like yeah. you get high defense or, or defense or just both, or offense and defense? It's mostly high defense, but you do get a weapon that gives you high offense. But as well, you get high poise, which means like um, your poise means allows you, you to stand up straight and bounce things on your head. That's what it should mean. Right? Poise. In, well, that's posture. Poise. I, I just remember uh, Kramer just yelling that at the Miss America person or whatever. It's like, poise, poise. Right? Because you have to arch your back. I thought poise had something to do with res- resilience or something along those lines. But maybe, maybe they're interconnected, but. In this case, uh, poise in this game specifically, which I guess it means something in every different Souls game. But in this game specifically, it allows you to keep your combos going unbroken. Like, you're just less likely for an enemy to hit you and then break your combo. Like, you might just keep going. And then, so with a really high poise, which by the way, not only did this armor give me high poise, but I recently picked up a ring, which actually I should have written down what it is, but it was a special ring I got. And it increased something about a wolf, maybe. And anyway, it increases my poise a bunch. So I have really high poise. I have this giant club. And now I'm just going around for my experience. And um, I'm on my way to fight the boss of Anna Orlando, which is actually a dual boss. It's uh, Executioner Smoff or Smo. I'm not sure how to say it. And then Dragon Slayer Ornstein. It's a dual boss, and they are super duper aggro like as soon as you go through the door the dragon slayer hits you like if you don't have your shield out you're gonna immediately be hit and gonna get slayed. I, I don't know what to do because they're just like coming at me crazy fast what the executioner's like this giant like almost like the uh, uh the gigantes in uh resident evil 4 and he's got a giant hammer, and he's like, but the thing is, he's really fast, and he jumps mm. like halfway across the arena to smash you with his giant hammer. So, yeah, I'm just running around. I don't know what to do. They keep killing me really quick. But when I do actually hit them, I take away a lot of XP. So my thought is I just need to figure out their patterns and just play them several times, and hopefully I'll beat them eventually, but. Needless to say, still having fun with Dark Souls. Still planning on beating it by the end of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, you still you, you got like a hundred plus hours on there now. I saw you were like at one hundred and five. You're probably I'm really bad at these by games. now. But yeah, you got you got a lot in there. Uh, update on the poise uh, definition, by the way. Poise poise is basically like about confidence more than uh, posture, which probably still makes sense for what you were saying about uh, yeah. Dark Souls for anyone who who cares. It also <laughs> means earlier. that poise means something different in every game and that, yeah, what does confidence translate to as a stat? Yeah. You could decide that from game to game, whatever you want it to be. But that's what Kramer was trying to say. It's just like, you know, be confident in your talent or whatever. Kramer should be the next boss in Dark Souls. Yeah, I would love to I would love to kill that uh, that racist motherfucker. <laughs> I loved him in UHF, but, you know, he, uh, he kind of he fell down after that. He was a good, good. He was a good subject for a great South Park episode, so I'll give him that. Yeah, and a comedian in the cars episode. But uh, I did actually buy a game this week, so hey, you should be proud of me. And it was for Switch. Double proud. 
I bought Hot Wheels Unleashed. I've been what I have that game. This, yeah, I've been wanting to own this game for a while. Actually, I played it on Trey's Switch. I believe That's when we game. hung out for it was when we hung out for uh, MGC last year. So about a year ago, was it? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I played. I played, yeah, I played a good, I, I played a good amount of it. It's. It's. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like it's. You know, it falls in that thing that I love so much, where it's like a. You know, it's like it's like Pikmin. It's like Chibi Robo. It's like a Tiny Kin. Like where it's. You know, it, it exists inside of a giant world, gianter world. You know, where you like. You're racing around, but you can see like the giant uh, desk over there, the giant dresser, and you're like everything is kind of like, you know, it feels like you're racing around somebody's room, like that sort of thing. I mean, I'm so a big fan really of it. Cool. Those orange plasticky tracks that are in there, like I had one of those when I was really, really young, and it was even older because I think my folks bought it at the thrift store at a garage sale or something. But it was this like little suitcase thing, and it had it said Hot Wheels on it. But you pulled it out, and it was one of those orange tracks, and it literally just like pulled out, and you could hit a button, and it would retract back in. Well, there's two wow. actually two tracks, and then you know you could and it had a little launcher at the end, you could launch two cars and race them but we you know of course we figured out ways to like kind of angle them make them do jumps or we we i don't ever think we got a loop to the loop to work with it because it wasn't long enough but we tried but it's just like seeing stuff like that in this game is just whoa i'm actually like a hot wheel like i when i was a kid i would have especially <laughs> loved this but now i'm, I'm, I'm a hot it, wheel I still think it's cool <laughs> and one thing that i you can unlo- you can unlock cool cars too like so far, that. I'm kind of disappointed because all the cars I've unlocked have said they were released in like 2015 and to now. Like, I'm looking for like I wanted like a 1970 something Hot Wheels or something. Like, do I get those eventually? Or I thought there were some right, like the ones that your older cousin handed down to you. Yeah, or well, they're collectible because my dad was really into collecting Hot Wheels back in the 90s, and I actually got into it as well. And I think I've talked about it on the show before, but. I actually went to like a Black Friday with him once where a guy like grabbed a Hot Wheel out of my hand that I had like a full grown adult grabbed a Hot Wheel out of my hand that I had picked out of a case when they were three for a dollar for Black Friday. A bunch of people started yelling at him and he handed it back to me. And then my dad took it. Yeah, then my dad took it and he bought it. And you never got it. (laughs) I never got it. Uh, what, uh, one thing I did want to say that's cool about like unlocking cars in this game is uh, if you ever if you unlock it, it's kind of like the um, I thought it was like a better way to do like a gotcha or whatever like loot boxes. Um, you you know you get a certain amount of thing to unlock cars, but if you unlock cars that you already have, you can actually sell them back to get more points to unlock new cars. So I thought that was what really, is dismantle? Really cool. Is that that's that's dismantling? Yeah. That's selling them. Okay. You basically dismantle them to give you points to like do it to get another like loot box type thing. So it makes it better. And you don't have to pay, don't pay money for any of it. Like you don't have to pay money for all of it. You can get everything without doing any of that, any of the DLC stuff. I will never pay money. I know that you won't, but, but it does, it tries to, tries to like tell you to do that, but you don't have to. You can get, I mean, if you're playing it, you're like, I'm not going to put money into it, but you might think that you might not unlock everything. That's untrue. They're just trying to get you to throw extra money on there, but no, you can get it. And yeah, you can just when you dismantle stuff, it gives you points towards getting newer cars, which is really cool. I like that. Where like uh, what was it um like the like the 3ds uh, uh Street Pass stuff, where it's like you just it's like I've gotten the same piece of this puzzle every time, and I can't do anything with it. Why can't you just let me get a new one? You know, it's it's better than that. 
But I want to I wanted to mention why I said that I thought <laughs> at the top of the show that Hot Wheels followed the same rules as Toy Story because I was doing really really well and I was playing through a few rounds and I was kind of switching between cars and that's very important in this game. Like you pick a bad car, you're gonna do bad because the the stats are very wild, like and how they vary from one to the other. But you gotta have the I one was, that feels good to get the one you can vibe with. You know, you gotta I was the, playing really well, it. and then Shauna came in and watched me play, and I just immediately started sucking. Like <laughs> there was a level where there's a loop the loop, and I couldn't even get through the loop the loop, and I kept falling. Got too nervous. And she was, and she was like, "I feel like I keep seeing you fall in that loop the loop." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, Shauna." <laughs> like rubbing it in, and it was kind of funny, but I like she like that she would like go to the other room or something. And then all of a sudden, I was playing well again. I don't know. It was kind of funny, but I think ultimately it was. uh just learning how to either you hit have to hit a boost or you use your own boost before a loop. If your speed isn't up high enough, you're not going to make it through the loops. So that's really important in this game. And uh, breaking before the turn, and then that's kind of how the power slide works. I'm sort of trying to figure it out, but it's got a really weird power slide, but it's very important that you learn it. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's been a while since I played it. I wish, yeah. I'm completely. I haven't played it in a long time. But it's a strange power slide that works a little different. It is like there's a full strategy to it, and it's like, well, you got to do this and this thing. And I think I got. I think I got through most of like the map, like the single player map. But yeah, it was like a lot of it was like, okay, you got to do this this certain way, and this and the way that it plays is a little bit different from the other ones. But I thought it was kind of cool because of that, because it was. You know, I always like the racers that kind of do their own. I, I'm not sure if it was a stock car that I automatically got or it were or it was something unlocked but there's a, a a car that's a gucci car and that's the one i've been using and it has really good handling and speed and and all that and then once i started using that car i started winning races so i'm like well obviously the stats are important find the one you like yeah stats are important yeah i was gonna say on the original you know uh f-zero x and gx i always uh Always went with the B handling. The B handling cars were the ones that worked the best for me. So always uh, look at those stats. I don't know what B handling means, but that's what it said in the game. It said it, the handling was B. Like when you saw it, it's like gotcha. B. Those are the ones that worked the best. They were basically the ones that controlled like uh, um, like Blue Falcon. Falcon Punch. Like, yeah, like Captain Falcon's. Uh, well, his car is Blue Falcon, but and uh, and this and uh, James was it uh, the Star Fox's dad. James McClub. Yeah, he, he had the same he had the same B control as well, so it can control the same way. But you know, needless to say, you know, I only have good things to say about this game so far. I've had fun with it. Fifteen bucks was the right price for me to finally buy it, and uh, it's always good to have another racing game on the Switch because Shauna likes to play racing games, so we can throw those on from time to time. Or it's just fun to like play a game that has like a progression in it as well because there is an actual like sort of story mode in. I don't know if you call it story mode, but you're working your way through like a map and and that stuff's cool. So it just it it has more to it than just being a straight up like uh you know get 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 all the cups or whatever. Hmm. Yeah yeah there's a lot of replayability to it. And I'm looking forward to like unlocking those crazy obscure Hot Wheels that we used to collect back when I was a kid because I still wish I had some of those because I liked a lot of those cars. They were cool. Um, lastly, this week I just played Vampire Survivors and uh, finally realized, like, sure, it's not on mobile yet, but this might as well be a mobile game because I realized I, I threw it up on my laptop, had my uh, 8-bit dough controlling it, 
and threw on Jeopardy. Shauna was playing a game on her phone, and we were just chilling. And I was like, this is totally just a mobile game. We're just play, playing mobile games together, and I'm fine with it. But yeah, this game's just a uh, a time sink, but for th- three bucks, you know, what can you do? I uh, I did think of you when I was looking through all of the uh, video game awards nominations. And hey, Vampire, Survi- okay. v- Vampire Survivors. Uh, I know it's a little bit looking ahead, but they they do have a nomination on there. So. Is it really on it on there? I know. Yeah, they are they are on there. Yeah, good for them. Well, my only thing this week is I got milk inside a bag of milk inside a bag of milk and milk outside a bag of milk outside a bag of milk. What, what? That sounds like gobbledygook to you. <laughs> I was going to check the latest Switch releases. I was say what the, what it sounded gobbledygook when I saw it in your notes, and then I was playing yeah, I was gonna Switch say, later, and I went to your profile and I saw those words. I was going to say, yeah. what, the, what the fuck does that mean? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of milk, so what does that mean? Uh, well, I saw this trailer for the game that uh, that came out yesterday, launch trailer, and I said, what the fuck is this? Like, this is the most insane name for a video game I think I've ever heard. And I've got to buy it. So I just bought it sight unseen. Didn't check any reviews. Nothing. It was only like, uh, it's on sale for $7.99, but I got uh, gold points. So it was like five fifty for me or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mind trip. As it turns out, it's actually a visual novel. So I was like, okay, all right. That took a little, took a little bit of an adjustment. You know, that's not really a video game. It's just something like an interactive story, interactive entertainment. But if you're in the mood for a visual novel, what what do you well, hold on? It's not really a video game. Every everything is a video game that you're playing. Like don't don't throw them. Well, under, I get you, but I'm saying don't don't throw the, don't throw them under the bus sense. like that. Like that's like the like we said before in our Patreon thing. Like saying like when people like who love Animal Crossing is like well, Animal Life Crossing is a video isn't game. a video game because you can't die. You know, like I'm saying don't everything is a video game. Like no matter regardless of yes, what it it's is, technically a video game. I give you that. Yes. They were playing a video game when they did this in the real world. Oregon Trail. No, no, seriously, though. I mean, yes, everything is a video game. It's on a, If it's on a TV it's like, and you're interacting, I mean, it's, it's a video game. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like a, a you know, more cinematic version of the Choose Your Own Adventure books, right? Um, it takes, what I meant by that, it, it takes a different mindset for those kind of things versus, like, I'm going to sit down and play a video game, you know, you know, lots of interaction and button inputs and you know, I can I can uh, change this and that and affect the world and this and that. Like it's it's linear. It's a story. It's a certainly a, a thing that you have to be in a particular mood to to be ready to enjoy. And uh, you know, I'm, I like it, especially for the uh, seven ninety nine. I think is, is a, a good price for what I've played so far. I think it's on. I think it's on sale too, right? Yeah. Um, I don't want to say a lot about this game because. I think everybody should experience it just the way I did, just like totally fresh, knowing nothing about it. So I won't say anything about story or or anything like that. But I will say that it, it's actually two games, which accounts for some of the length of the title there, because it is actually the game one is milk inside a bag of milk inside a bag of milk, and then the sequel is milk outside a bag of milk outside a bag of milk. Okay, so so you got you got two for the price of one there. I did, and it's a. Uh, that's like a psychological horror. Uh, the the graphics in the first one are very much, uh, you know, like like an old PC game, like an old graphical text adventure. There's that phrase again. I think we used last week a couple times. And then the second one, which I peeked into a little bit, is more like a like a manga or something. Like a it's it's animated. Um, but the first one actually, I think I, I I think I can say I beat it. 
I'm not sure if I got the best ending possible, but uh, it, it certainly seemed like a bleak ending to me. But but it wasn't ending, so yeah, I guess maybe we could chalk that one up as a as a beat. <laughs> and did you see credits? Uh, I did not see credits technically, but it was definitely the end of the story. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll I'll play it more this week and determine if I actually like beat it or got the best. End. The, the whole story was kind of is, is bleak anyway, so like I'm not sure if there is a good ending to it. Maybe I didn't get the best ending. It was just a bad ending. They're all bad endings. I don't know. It's a fascinating game. I think for the, the low price, give it a look if you're in, in the mood for that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, no, I watched the trailer that you posted on the Slack, and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of looked like that uh, the black and white one that we were talking about from, uh, you know, the indie the indie world from last week. Kinda yeah, reminded me of it that did remind bit. me of that, at least the trailer of that, yeah. my impression of that game. Seems like they're in the same wheelhouse. You know, it looked interesting. Um, I already did my uh, my cheap game of the the Sonic uh, the Sonic one, which was really good. Lumin, Lumin, Luminous. Yeah, maybe next week. But knowing how much you love milk, <laughs> I do. I do. Li- I, I do like milk a lot. Uh, even though I do uh, low carb milk now, uh, Fair Life. It's very good. Check it out if you're. Uh, I mean, this is digital milk, so you can't get any more low carb than that. <laughs> but it's not real. No, no, it it did it did look like really really weird. Um, you don't, you don't have it in your notes, but, uh, I do, I, all right. I thought just for a second. So you went to, you, you went to see, uh, Wakanda forever, right? I did. And you saw the trailer for Mario on the full screen. The I did. Mario yes. Game, Mario movie. Yeah. Whatever. It was on the movie screen, um, which was unexpected. And I was, uh, I mean, I, aside from the quality or whatever I would say about the actual trailer, I was, I was pleased to see them advertising the movie this far out you know that's not supposed to come out to what april of next year or something i, I heard it's on, they, i heard it's at the beginning of a lot of movies not not just the marvel ones it like it's it's been on the top of a lot of them but i mean but but what i'm curious is like what was like the audience re- reaction so like you're here on, you're on the first like weekend of wakanda forever which has like a big turnout right right so uh so what is um, the um what is the reaction to i mean i'm sure they've already seen this but I'm sure there's still going to be people in the theater. It's like, oh my god, Chris Pratt, or I mean, more like, oh my, my god, theater was not that Super Mario. I think it was about that full because I, I went to a, a noon show on, on a Thursday, so it was not. There were maybe twenty, maybe twenty people in the theater total. Okay, so I didn't really get a reaction. I already kind of read from the crowd or whatever. Okay, I was looking for it, but I didn't really get it. Okay, I, I'm just curious. Well, I mean, well, we said, I mean. You said it like I mean it's only been out for a weekend, so I mean you were you were there at the beginning of it, so right. And uh, and also is is Namor in that movie? I'm kidding, that's a joke. But uh, but huh. what but what it, it's going to hurt my heart if it is is it? Do they say Namor? Or do they say Namor? Like how do they pronounce his name in there? Do you remember? I, I don't recall exactly. I think it was Namor. I would hope so. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I love Black Panther, but the fact that namor is in there was big thing for me i haven't seen it yet but you know namor the submariner is like one of the first marvel characters from well, way yeah, back when my, before stan lee even but yeah my spoiler free impression is that the movie um the highway act of that movie i think everybody going into that movie is thinking like how are they gonna handle this the absence of chadwick boseman yeah and i think one of the reviews that i read put it best that the I think this was from Polygon, actually. That the movie doesn't so much give a tribute to Chad, Chadwick Boseman as it is a tribute to 
Chadwick, to Chadwick Boseman. Like the whole movie is, with no spoilers, it's about grief yeah. and loss. I mean, I, I figured that they handled the trailer. it really as best as they possibly could, and I think it, I think it lives up to the first one. I, I, I think it's certainly debatable if it's if it's better than the first one. I, 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 I think I think that's that's like a subject up for debate. It, it's that good that it's debatable debatable to me. Could it be better than the first one? Okay, I, I really mean, liked it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to see it. I just I. I don't feel like we'll have time or money to necessarily go see it in the theater, but I was, I mean, this was the first Marvel movie that I, well, that's not necessarily true because we did actually, Jess and I did go see Dr. Strange two in a theater and also the, the newest Spider-Man movie as well. But, mm-hmm. um, I was, my heart was completely broken when Chad McBoseman died. Like I, yeah, that was just like, nobody really knew. And it was like, what the fuck? And, I'm very, I'm very excited to see Wakanda Forever. I just, I knew, I knew yeah. you went, I knew you went there, and I just, I would just wanted to like have a little fun with, uh, with Namor, which I know because he's a huge fucking Fantastic Four villain, whatever character, whatever. Also, has existed before Marvel, whatever existed. You know, like the original, what was it like Namor and like the Human Torch, but not the Fantastic Four new Human Torch. Like they had their own fucking thing, like. I'm just, I, I saw the, you know, saw the trailer with this, he's got the fucking, you know, the, the fucking wings Wing on, feet. wings on his feet and he's got the fucking, uh, yep. he's got the Vulcan ears, you know, like. It all works. Yeah. I liked his character. I liked every character that, that was in there. I mean, I, I, I love Black Panther, you know, I loved all the stuff that they do, but it's like me being a huge fan of the Fantastic Four probably one of the best comics of all time. Uh, you know, all of these things come from the Fantastic Four. Like, all these things they do in Disney Plus and in Disney World come... Like, even Black Panther first originated in Fantastic Four. And, like, the Time Cops, like, from the Loki series are all from Fantastic Four. I'm just like, I want them to get there eventually. Get get to my team. Get to my favorite team there. Mm. But yeah, I think you'll be pleased with it. Yeah, the movie... No. I, I loved it, and I think that every character... Also, again, no no spoilers without spoiling anything. In the absence of Chadwick Boseman, the movie becomes even more of an ensemble, and everybody gets their fair share. Everybody gets uh, a sense of development and progress. Every even the new characters like Namor, I think he's well rounded and uh, he's cool. I want to see more of him. I'm just, I mean, I'm really interested as to how they do it because you know the original Namor was all like. You're polluting the ocean, so I'm gonna fucking kill all of you. Like he's like pretty much like I'm just breaking a plane in half and just like throwing people into the into the ocean, pretty much like that ridicu- ridiculousness of like fifties or whatever comics. And I'm I'm excited. I really want to see it because I like I said I love Namor, and I'm really excited to see where they're gonna go when they get to the Fantastic Four movie because Namor was a big part of all this shit. I mean, I would love to see Fantastic Four you know, go with all these things that already exist in the Marvel universe, but I think go sooner than later. There's some, yeah, I've, I've seen, I've, I've seen, I've seen no spoilers. I mean, I, I've no, I'm, I'm staying away from that shit, yep. but I do really want to see it. Let's take a break and we'll be back.
Hey, hey you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! the news 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 don't snooze or you miss the news do you want to talk about some of these uh new releases i haven't really i've really looked at the new releases for this week but uh you have some on here that are highlighted so go for it yeah there's a game called mcpixel 3 which i'd never heard of the mcpixel series but um i think thanks to a kotaku yeah kotaku article um they say i'm interested now they say in case you're somehow unfamiliar with the now free McPixel, uh, it was a game that was in a complex series of turns, a spoof of MacGruber's spoof of MacGyver. And it's a collection of WarioWare-ish minigames where each of its hundreds or so levels uh, was a 20-second challenge to prevent a bomb from exploding, uh, most likely by weeing on it, as they say, or something, or if that fails, by kicking someone else in the groin. Uh, and importantly, failure was very much the point. The more you failed, the more gags you saw. So based on that, I watched the trailer for this game, and it looks funny. Plus, it's another Devolver game, and those guys just keep hitting it out of the park. It's 10 bucks, so um, I'm interested. Yeah, WarioWare, you know, fortunately, the, our actual WarioWare game kind of disappointed yeah. uh, on the Switch, so maybe this is something that could scratch the ditch. More uh, mini-games. Micro-games, I guess. That's what they call it on WarioWare. There's one called Ruby Arrowfell, which was an RPG, so I really didn't look into it. Uh, I thought I thought it was a fighting game. I actually watched. I did watch I the trailer right. of that. It was. Okay, uh, it's um. What, what what do you call it? Wait, what's the the name of the thing? The people. <laughs> uh, way way forward. It's a way forward game. Oh yeah. It actually it looked like a fighting game to me from what I saw of it. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm misremembering it. Yeah, I think it was like an action platformer. 
I thought it was it's an is an existing series, right? Maybe. I thought that's what I, so. I heard from looking at it. I thought RM I thought RWBY was a thing that already existed. But don't quote me on that. Well, it's a way forward game, so if you like them, look this game up. Yeah, it's it's an animated series. R R W B Y pronounced Ruby is is an 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 American anime. Or since it's an American anime, it should be pronounced American anime, right? But yeah, it's it's based on a animated show. But another big game, maybe you know, the game I'm certainly most interested in this week is Atari Fifty, which is getting just stellar reviews. I that's why that's why I kept posting it on the Slack for you because because uh, it is it does have like what like almost like it says over hundred games, hundred games, yeah, hundred like, games, and, and apparently I was listening to the CU podcast today. I'm I'm gonna they talk misquote about them, but they they were just like over the moon about it. And uh, Pat Crotchery said he thinks it's the best collection ever, and he even counted in there, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles. I just thought so. It has better um, online. That's what he's saying. I don't know if it has any online or anything. Oh, like oh, that, 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 that was just that was just a jab at yeah. the Ninja Turtles collection because the online sucked on that shit. It's terrible. Yeah. So bad. Well, he said that the overall presentation was like you were stepping into a museum, mm-hmm. and that's the way that these kind of things should be. You know, treated with such reference, like this is this is the new high bar for collection games. I mean, it's yeah, it is the same people that worked on the uh, on the Ninja Turtle one as well. So hopefully they'll do better and have more videos this time. Put some fucking videos in there. Hopefully. And you know what? I was getting it. I realized at some point in like maybe an episode or two ago, I called it like a a, a WarioWare mishmash. And I I just realized I'm getting confused with that's a different another game. game. It's on Atari Mania. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean. I figured that out in the edit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's a yeah, Atari Mania, which I don't even think necessarily has to do with Atari. Yeah, no, it it's fine. You know, I mean, I figured people figured it out. But yeah. I was like, I had my thumb over the buy button. I was like, should I get this? Should I get this? And then I realized, oh wait, wait, this is Atari Mania. So just like, if you're looking for this game, don't go for. I, I don't, I don't know about the quality of Atari Mania, but. There's Atari 50 and Atari Manias. Don't get confused like I did. No, no, you, you want the you want the Atari 50 is what you want because you wanna you you want the bang for your buck. You want like the hundreds of games that maybe you'll play for two seconds, but you'll have a lot of them. Yep, that type of thing. I mean, I think it's cool that they're doing it, but I I can't find myself. I can't see myself doing it really because I don't care that much about. It. I think it might be fun like to have friends over to play. One sure. of those things. Like, let's explore the history of Atari to get that. No, no, I understand. Yes, it's the history of video games and all that. It's just like I never really got into an Atari game, and for me, the person who has like what ten hundred hour games that I hope to someday get through, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need any more. Uh, I don't need games like this because I'll. I'm trying to like build it together in my mind. It's like when will you play this? Like if you buy this, when will you play this? That's why I'm like trying to go past like sales or whatever it's like when will you play this like that's why i got the pokemon one because it's like yes you will want to play this regardless of whatever it want just because you want to see what pokemon's like that's why that's why you're going to do this i've always wanted an atari collection that had like a lot of the 2600 games so this might be the one i get yeah there it is. what's, what's the price though? better than this it's is this a, it's like 40 bucks i think yeah, it's 40 that's what I thought. that's the right price i think based on the reviews and, and how much content they're isn't there, you know, the games themselves, 100 games, plus all the additional documentary stuff and 
you know, the bells and whistles. I think that's a great price, actually. It could, this could have been a $60 game, and they went with 40 which feels right. Depending on how you feel. Like, I, I've read yeah. the reviews of it, and some of, some of the negative parts of the reviews say, like, you know, you're not going to care for it if you don't care about the ancient, ancient time of video games. Definitely before I gave a shit. Like, trust me, I never really gave a full shit about video games till we got the Super Nintendo time. So, the Atari ones, like, what does that mean to me? Nothing, really. Like To me, it means... Yeah. Yes, my it's, first it's console that I had, but yeah, most of it was me yeah. picking through it trying because we had a whole box so, of it's cartridges. Only, it's only fun for a couple like, seconds. What is this game? So, yeah, like, I mean that's what I. I mean it's like for me, like throwing forty bucks at that with for just like a couple. It's like oh yeah, this one was fun for whatever, and I don't know. I mean, but there's more than that on there. There's some arcade games. There's actually some like Jaguar games on here. You know, there's yeah, like that's uh, cool. there's a bunch of them, but it's there's all about how much you later games. era games. There's links. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's some there's some more like games going into the late 80s and all that kind of stuff. But but, but I'm I saying think, the 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 negative yeah. side of the review was basically like it depends on how much you actually give a shit about Atari games. Like yeah, no matter what it right. is, the Jaguar. Like whatever. Was saying he does. So, so if you don't give a shit about yeah. it, then you yeah. might not mean much to you. Like for doing like an actual like mm-hmm. you know objective review and all that, you know, like the good ones that type. Of well, thing. I, I give a, I give a shit about it, and you know my first. My first console was the the ColecoVision, you know, analogous to the Atari. So I like these kind of these kind of games, these you know, simple games like that. And, um, it's interesting to me. Like, I, I I would not buy these games piecemeal. Like, I wouldn't pay three dollars for you know, whatever, you know, Tempest or something like for that. For Yar's Revenge, <laughs> right? But put it together in a in one package for a great price for forty dollars for a hundred games plus all the all the, the the documentaries and things that you could want. That is something really special, I think. And even if you're, I would say, even if you're not interested in those old games, you're interested in games in general. Say you're like you know uh, a Gen Z or whatever. I mean, there's there's a good chance you 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 might find something interesting in there. There's a good to me, chance this you sounds might, like, like something it's... of value. It's a cool peek at it. It's an interactive around. museum if you want to really yeah. look at it that way. Because of all the extra content, like um sure you can jump in and play these games and be like, well, this isn't something that's holding my attention for very long, but maybe the companion media gives you more context where, okay, well, you know, let's let's put this in context. It's nineteen seventy eight. Uh right. What else is there to do really? Come on. I <laughs> yeah right. I, I do very much appreciate the the videos. Like I said before, um, negative points to you, Cow Cowbunga Collection, because you have zero videos in your game. I'm sorry. Negative points, no videos. But this one has videos, so it's better than that one. No Cowbunga Collection, no fucking videos. What's your fucking problem? Why wait, you couldn't record anybody? Come on, you got a lot of people. You got friends. Call them on the phone. Get them on the horn. Come on. They'll come out and do videos for you. Make it work. <laughs> I thought Calabunga Collection was really cool. And, and, and granted, it's one of those things I'm going to come back from time to time. I, did, I didn't feel like it was a fully, like, masterfully curate, curated, like, history of the Ninja Turtle games. But it did give me the chance to go back and revisit that stuff. And, hey, by the way, here's some companion media, like, stuff I would have never known before. So... I can definitely appreciate that in the same sense with this Atari stuff where right. like I used to love the game of adventure. 
I love the game like Tank Pong, you know, like let's go back to these games. Let's see some companion media and be like, oh, this is really cool. You know, when this game came out, um, Cher just had released this single. You know, maybe that's not what it's going to say, but I like context. Context is one of my favorite yep. parts of studying history because seeing things going going along analogously to each other, sometimes you have to wonder how all things were influenced by world events and stuff. And it's fun. On the CU podcast, they were saying there's something interesting about the way these games are presented, that they're presented in a, in a timeline. I don't fully understand what they meant by that, but they mm-hmm. seem to try be trying to point out that, that the games have a, a, a no, that, yeah, contextual that, presentation like that. No, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I saw reviews of it. That where, yeah, basically, it, it has it by like time of where they came out, and you just kind of look through the timeline, you can actually journey as to where they were and then play them from that. So that's pretty cool. And I, w- I was, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, Cowabunga Collection has a lot of games on it. I was just, I was just trying to, I was trying to make a joke about like throwing them under the bus for not having videos, that, that type of thing, you know. But uh, regardless, let's move on. Um, I wanted to do a thing that we haven't done before and do a, re- uh, was a review roundup just because I wanted to talk about a couple games that have been reviewed that we actually haven't played on this game, but we, for, on this show, but we kind of want to. And uh, I just I wanted to talk about a game called uh, Sonic Frontiers, which uh, yeah. we we none of us have played it, and we haven't had anybody on here that played it because I don't know of anybody who's played it. Actually, I think the Gaming Outsiders playing on PS5, but I will want to find people who played it on Switch. But uh, I don't know, maybe you are not following it as much as I am, but I've been following the shit out of the Sonic Frontiers uh, reviews because it's just like all over the fucking place, like. What was it like Nintendo Life? Who is like pretty much very positive about every almost every Switch game, not every Switch game, but a lot of them they're very positive on. They gave it like a four out of ten, like threw it under the bus. But like IGN was saying that like you know it was a seven out of ten, but it was really brilliant. It was almost a ten out of ten if they did another one, and or like a or like or like a Nintendo World Report, which I did, uh, which I did reviews for they probably did the most positive version of it where it's like, this is the actual sequel to Sonic Adventure 1. And it's just like, it's all over the place. And John, being a Sega fan, I know you've watched mm-hmm. the Sonic Adventure reviews or you've read some of them. What, how do you feel about this? Like, I really, like for me, like I, re- I really want to play this game, even though I'm probably going to be mad that I bought it, but I'm hoping that maybe there'll be some sort of possible black friday thing and then maybe i can get it for cheap or something like that but it's it's just like all over the place people are like you know it's this but it's this but then you see people on like facebook where they're like the best game ever like even even gaming outsider was like praising the fuck out of it on ps5 and i'm just like the ideas are all over the fucking place so i don't even know what to think about I think this. it points to the game being all over the place i think it yeah. probably suggests that some of the game is part, parts of the game are great and parts of the game are not so great yeah um, on the whole, that would mean to me this game is not so great. Um, therefore, I'm going to be waiting until it drops from sixty dollars. Uh, you know, I'm thinking this is like a thirty dollar. Maybe it's mediocre game. I, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of why it's kind of my mind is like I really want to play it, but I definitely don't want to play six, pay sixty dollars for it. But at the same time, I think there's parts of it that will resonate with me. And, oh, yeah. and and from what I've heard, like I said, I've watched a lot of reviews. I've read a lot of shit about Sonic Frontiers just because it's it's constantly everywhere on everything. It feels like like a lot of my friends are streaming it or whatever. It feels a lot like uh, these reviews could be about 
a little game called Sonic Adventure 2, which the Sonic parts were great. The uh, Tails parts were okay. The Knuckles parts were terrible across the board. Um, I think that's just kind of the way it is with, with, with Sonic. They've got some things about it down. They're trying to still trying to figure out what exactly a, a large Sonic game is in, in 3D, and they haven't quite nailed it. I think I can boil the problem down to the fact that, okay, so if you look at Mario 64, right, that game was rather slow-paced. It was it encouraged exploration. And that was something that was well-suited to uh, you know, a 3D environment, whereas Sonic is about going very, very fast and blazing through. So if you say, say you're Sega and you've built this giant, big, uh, wonderful 3D Sonic world, well, he's meant to blaze through it in about you know six minutes. So um, where do you go there? <laughs> now you have to like now you have to try and innovate with ideas like you know having Knuckles search for for gems all over the level. And oh, now you got to like make sure there's a section where Tails has a, a robot suit and he's shooting. And you know it's it's going to lead to these disjointed ideas. Whereas the slower pace of of you know the classic like Mario 3D games. Um, really lets you explore those giant worlds and, and get more out of them or Sonic is going fast can be something bad at sometimes. So slow down Sonic. I actually, what I think is really cool about Sonic frontiers. And I don't know if you saw videos about this, but as an accessibility or like a thing is you can actually turn down the speed of Sonic because Sonic will go so fast in the game that you might not mm-hmm. necessarily be able to play it. So you can, so that is like, so that's an option where you can turn down the speed of Sonic to zero because, mm-hmm. and I watched this on, on Nintendo life. Uh, Sonic does go so fast in the overworld that you might necessarily not be able to control him. So as like this own, like as, this, as extra thing, uh, you can, you can make it go slower because it mm-hmm. goes so fast at some point. So I mean, it's, and it, it, a lot of it's it, it, a lot of it's kind of like Gremlins too, you know. It's like uh, it's like you want this Gremlin cool, like you know, it's like that Key and Peele sketch where it's like it's like you want the vegetable Gremlin cool, you want the female Gremlin cool, like you, like you want you want like the you want like the drawn Gremlin, you want the Hulk Hogan Gremlin, like you want all these different Gremlins. Like all right, we're doing all of them, and that's basically what Sonic Frontiers is, pretty much from what I've seen. Is where they're just like, you want a jump rope game? Cool. You want a thing where you turn mirrors and they and they like do a Zelda thing? Cool. Uh, you wanna you want you want like Sonic Spinball? All right, we got that too. You know, like they're just throwing everything in there to see what works. And I and I liked uh, there on the IGN one they were talking about like the possibility of Sonic Frontiers two maybe being a ten game, maybe in a really being a good one once they get to it. I'm just for me, it's like the from what I've seen is like running around in the open world is is the most fun thing you can do and you know for me who like loves open world games well open world rpgs where i just run around in the open world and just do like dumb shit that that like makes me it makes it feel like something i would enjoy you know but then on like the nintendo world report thing they're like well, you love running around in the open world, but the open world basically says like, well, you like this, but, but you have to, but you can't love this thing that you're doing. Cause you have to do this other thing. It's like, you love this. Well, you can't do this yet. Cause you got to do this other thing, whatever. I don't know. I think I could see a Sonic, a great Sonic 3d game being designed more like a Tony Hawk game, you know, like where 
it's just about like running, going fast and doing cool tricks and you know jumping around doing backflips whatever grinding doing combos but put a little story in there put some more put some enemies around there at a tony hawk level and make sonic the the main character i i, I don't know if i mean sonic is the main that's... character i mean sonic is the main character in this one i'll say what you're saying about sonic adventure 2 thankfully you don't have to control tails or anybody yeah. else in this one it is all just sonic so so there you go but i'm still i'm very curious about it i mean i want to see where the black friday sales land and if there's, if for some, I mean, apparently it's selling really well. Like people are fucking eating the shit out of this game. I mean, like I see it all over the place. People loving it. So I don't know. And I see it streaming in so a lot of places as part well. part two might be inevitable, but could they add DLC to this? Actually, they are, they, they are adding free DLC, oh, even, free DLC. even Monster Hunter DLC as well. Sonic Frontiers Ooh. is getting Monster Hunter Sunbreak DLC. Which I don't. Basically, you get to wear the armor, the the monster hunter armor, and all that. But yeah, no, that there there's going to be a ton of free DLC after after the game to to thank all the people who paid full price for it. I'm just real. I'm. I mean, I'm super interested in it. I don't want to pay sixty bucks for it, but I'm still like it's on my radar. Like a lot of these, the reason that I wanted to do this like review roundup is like a lot of these games are on my radar for Black Friday stuff. Like I'm I'm like still looking at Harvestella. Even the Harvestella got like a seven. I was I was originally thinking about an idea for this episode, calling it like a, a parade of sevens, because like it, Sonic pretty much got a seven at most places. Uh, Harvestella got a seven. Rune Factory Five, remember that? That got a seven too. So so they're all kind of there's always all kind of on the same level there. And I was like, I, I you know I've been wanting Harvestella for a while, but from the from the reviews of that. Harvestella is pretty much, it's a good RPG and act, good arch, good action RPG, but not a good farming game. Whereas like uh, Rune Factory is the other side, where Rune Factory is a great farming game, but not a great RPG game. So it's like you have two different sides of it. And Rune Factory is cheaper, still came out this year. I'm thinking about like Game of the Year stuff, you know, and it's like, I don't know, going back and forth between those. Two. I really wanted to buy Harvestella right away and it just didn't work out financially. I wanted to, I wanted to get it too, but but also it didn't. Well, yeah, I wasn't working at the time, and also it didn't get great reviews. So it's still. I mean, it looks great. It looks really good. But from what I heard, that the farming aspect of it is just like it's like a means to an end. I think they said it in uh, one of the last acts of Blood Gods, where it's like you basically farm to 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 have money to feed your adventuring mm-hmm. thing that you're doing you know like it's it it's it's the farming part is the small part it's your of it. side hustle it's yeah it's basically what you do to have enough money to send you out to to go into dungeons and stuff it's like which i'm way. actually kind of cool with that i mean but i do i guess it, if it was so you don't have the option of that just being what you do all the time i guess well yeah. at, at the end of every month there's the quietest where it destroys all of your crops and also, there's another thing that I saw on a Switch Ups review. They do really good reviews. You mean Switch the end reviews. of every year, right? No, the end of every month. Every three, every thirty days is the quietest. And then it goes back. So everything, oh. everything dies at the end of the month. It's like oh. life. <laughs> Not really, because we're still. Alive. I didn't make it to the quietest. I heard about it, but I didn't make. Well, it the game that. starts in the quietest, actually. So you did make it to the quietest. Oh. It start. It starts at you passing out on the quietest. The very beginning of it, hey, but uh, um, but no. Switch up was saying like uh, about how you get your 
you basically get your uh, inventory completely filled. And even though you're in a town and you go to a shop where you can buy things, you still can't sell your fucking uh, uh, crops that you've grown. You can only sell them through this box that you have at your house. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like you can't sell things to a, to a shop or whatever. I don't know. But let's let's move on from there and let's talk about the uh, the Game Awards. The Game Awards nominees. Because that's our main topic here. And I don't want to go on too long. I got yeah, when I saw when I saw the uh, topic, I got a little worried. I was like, "Did I just totally miss the game awards?" Because I got dental surgery yesterday, and I mean, they didn't like put me under, but they definitely like got me pretty loopy. I'm like, "Did I miss a total of gaming event?" But no, this is just nominees, just just the nominations, yeah. But but okay, but there, okay. but there are actually there are actually a decent amount of Nintendo games, and by Nintendo games, I mean Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Yeah. Everybody vote for that shit. That game's so good. It's and, up there with yeah. No, it, ha- it has right? the most nominations of all of them. Uh, and uh, honestly, it should have been nominated for more things. Did 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 either of you vote yet? I, I guess since you're saying you just heard about it, you probably didn't vote yet. No, I, I haven't created vote. an account. I went to go vote, and then it's um, when you sign up, you go to register. The only way that I found to register is if you like use your Facebook or your Google account. Like I I, I don't like that. Like I'd rather just give my email address, you know, Same. when I sign up for stuff like that. I I just did. I don't want to pair it to Twitter or whatever, you know. I I just use my Facebook account because I don't like creating a new account for it or remembering passwords. I'm just like use my Facebook account. Nobody gives a shit about that. Only old only old people use that, like myself. Uh, follow us on Facebook. No, no, seriously, no, it is is the old person account. That's how Trump got got elected the first time. But regardless, I, I did want to get in there and vote on the stuff on the stuff that I uh, that I cared about and all that. Should we just do a quick rundown of the uh, some of the highlights here? I was yeah, I was just going to go through the through the nominations. So uh, this is the way it's presented on the website. It's presented badly, much like the show will be presented badly as well when it gets to it. Same. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it starts off with uh, it starts off with the ender. It starts off with game of the year, which the game of the years are. Uh, uh, Plague Tale Requiem, which is on Switch and Cloud. Uh, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok. I'm not going to get into it, but Kratos is a fucking piece of shit, and I don't really care about any of his games. I hated him when he was on PS2 as well. He's garbage. Uh, <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Vote for that one. Well, Kratos was always supposed to be an anti-hero. He was always supposed to be like... You were playing a villain, but he's also like abusive to women, and you just like smash buttons. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He sucks. I'm just saying he's a terrible fucking character. Like, stop pretending that he's great. He's a shitty father too. No, he's a and piece of shit. That shitty father continues games. triumphing, <laughs> and then he has a kid, and then he's a bad dad. But he still continues to like be the protagonist because yeah, because there's uh, garbage. I think people that's out kind of the that like that like garbage characters. <laughs> or just the fact that the gods were just as shitty as humans, only they were infinitely powerful. And Kratos is kind of like an embodiment of that. Sure. He still sucks as a character, though. Oh, he, uh, he, te- he sucks, but... I'm saying, I don't if want... if, if, as, as Devil's Advocate, or in this case, as uh, Loki's Advocate. I don't know. Who's the bad guy in Norse mythology? I can't remember. Anyway, as that advocate, I'm just saying, Kratos kind of embodies the human nature pumped up to 11 with the god powers sure anyway that that's that's the game of the year once 
Yeah, God of War is the game of the year. I'm just kidding. I, I've never played it. I mean, you'd vote for Elden Ring, right? If you could, obviously, because you played parts um, of that. I mean, what else would you vote it's for? It's the only like, one I've really? played, I believe. Yeah, it's I mean, actually. I thought you played Forbidden West. Or no, you played the first one, right? Whatever no, I, I've not played Forbidden West. Yeah. What our close Platoon 3 was was to be on there. I didn't see it on anything. Was it on any? No, 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 it's on there. Splatoon three is on there. Uh, I would, I would vote for Xenoblade Chronicles three as game of the year because I even made a poster of it, which I no, I'm I'm glad that it's on game, which I will hold up again for uh, the AW thing I go to. I would go to next week. Love if it got game of the year, and I've not played it, but it's going to be Elden Ring probably. Probably. Yeah, I think it. I think objectively, it's Elden Ring. The, it, the game that everybody was talking about. Because it came out in February. The beginning of February, and people are still talking about it. Yeah. It came out at the beginning. I yeah. mean, Xenoblade wasn't that far behind, but all the podcasts I listen to still fucking talk about it because it's a great game. Wait, when did Xenoblade Chronicles 3 come out? Xenoblade Chronicles came out this year. I know, but did it come out? It didn't come out in February, but it did come out fairly early. I thought it came out in like September. It came out July 29th. All right, all right. So it was a little bit earlier than you thought. Anyway, let's keep moving on through here. Um, How about uh, let's talk about the best indie category. It's got wait, a lot of wait, hold, hold on, there. hold on, hold on. Let's we'll we'll get there. We'll go quickly through these. So, uh, best game direction: uh, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Horizon, Forbidden West, Immortality, Stray. Pretty much the same as the last one. No Nintendo stuff in there. We can move on from there. Game direction. Creative vision. This could have been Xenoblade Chronicles three too. I don't know what the fuck you were. I don't know why you missed messed that up. Uh, the next thing, best narrative. Honestly, this kind of broke my heart that Xenoblade Chronicles three was not in best narrative because this game has a fucking amazing story. Like probably probably the best story I've 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 experienced in any RPG of of all time. So why does this not make it into best narrative? This is basically me going through most of these categories. Was like. Why is Xenoblade Chronicles 3 not here? Why is it not here? Why does it not, not be there? This is pretty much the same as the other one. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok. Honestly, Horizon, the game Forbidden awards are West, starting to look like immortality. Oscars to me, where I'm like, what are these games? I've never heard of these games. <laughs> well, I mean, at least the uh, well, the Oscars. Oh, this got a standing ovation at the... I mean, the Oscars are kind of dead, too, but, uh, but at least the game awards, what they could learn from the Oscars is maybe to be just about awards and not commercials that was the problem is that you know the mm-hmm. d- dividing between the two of them is like uh all commercials and then during during uh the commercial during the actual commercials uh these 10 games won awards here they are here's the list you know like they don't anyway, actually there's 31 categories yeah. here so no we're, we're still going here all right best art direction the same ones as the last one pretty much uh mm-hmm. elden ring god of war horizon forbidden west scorn don't know that one uh, and Stray, that's the new one to this one. Next one, uh, best score in music: Plague Tale, I Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Metal Hellsinger. That's one I kind of wanted to play. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, yes. And by the way, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, Yatsunori Mitsuda was the composer of Chrono Trigger, who was also the composer of Xenoblade Chronicles Three, and he was in, and he was nominated for this one. So give it to Xenoblade. Great soundtrack. And he also did the music for Mario Party. One. That's true. He did. We talked about, <laughs> talked that about a couple of a couple of weeks ago. We, yeah. Uh, all right. Best audio design: uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, first appearing on this one. Uh, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Gran Turismo Seven, Horizon Forbidden West, 
I mean, it's like the audio was great in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as well. Best performance, best acting, I believe. Ashley Birch from Horizon Forbidden West. Charlotte McBurney from Horizon, no, <laughs> from Plague Tale or Requiem. God of War Ragnarok, Christopher Judge. Immortality, Man and Gage, God of War Ragnarok. Sunny Soljic, which is probably the kid, right? Kind of looks like the kid. Uh, for, for the ones that I really didn't... No, that's actually Kratos' grandfather. <laughs> no, but I, I figure that's boy or whatever. It looks like boy. Uh, for the ones that I didn't really know, uh, the the voices, I voted for... Uh, I basically voted for black for black people, for non-whites or non-men is what I voted for on those, for the ones I didn't know. So that one I voted for a Christopher Judge. Games for Impact. I mean, this, this, this one is always like, it could be anything. A Memoir Blue... As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper is a Switch game that I still want to play before the end of the year because, uh, you know, people that we listen to on podcasts talk it up like crazy, and it sounds really good, and I need to check it out. Before I don't know what it is. Uh, Citizen Sleeper, Eric Van Allen was a huge uh, lover of that game, said one of the best games of the year. It's like a, you roll dice, and you're a character, and you vibe in a, in a post-apocalyptic world. It sounds cool. Endling, Extinction is Forever, never heard of that one hindsight that one's on sale a lot it's always like one of those sub five dollar games i'm interested in that there's like three games about a fox on switch and that's one of them endling is yep mm-hmm. okay uh hindsight and i was a teenage exo colonist i mean what's that about I'm probably kidding. like i'm, I'm kidding being colonists outside of the earth <laughs> I, I, that was a joke it's like uh, my friend is my friend is a vampire what's that movie about uh, i yeah. think their friends may be a vampire exactly that's a joke uh, games for impact. All right, what's the next one? Uh, best be- on doing. <laughs> best ongoing games. Yeah, I don't really know much about these. Uh, Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Final Fantasy Fourteen, Fortnite, Genshin Impact. Uh, I voted for Final C- Final Fantasy Fourteen because people like that game. Next, uh, best indie. Here we are. Uh, there's the best indie category is great. These are all games that I want to play. Uh, Cult of the Lamb was one that was on my list for a game of the year that I really wanted to try on Switch because people were loving that game. Uh, Neon White, Jeremy and I both played that game. That's still on my list to try to beat before the end of the year. I need to go back to it. It was uh, really getting me for a while there. Uh, Sifu. Sifu actually got a really good review as a, as yep. a uh, port to Switch. Got a 9. What was it, like 8.9 on, uh, on uh, Switch Up? But yeah, they said it was really good. Great, great audio uh, on there and... Uh, yeah, great story, whatever. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm very... I, I, I still want to play it at some point. Um, it, I heard it was very, very good. Um, Stray on there. You see Stray there on a lot of things. Tunic! Hello, Tunic. All of us, Hello, ha- Tunic. All of us have that game. Uh, one of us has beat it, but the other two of you should play more of it so you can get closer to that. Is I don't ever- like that part I'm stuck on. Tunic is, is a very, very good game. Like, it was very... It, it it had a very genius way of doing new things. Like I just Tunic actually you, yeah. pissed me off so much that I started playing Dark Souls, and now I'm doing that <laughs> because of the gauntlet, right? But you loved yep. Tunic for so long, like you fell into doing. Yeah, I'll Tunic. go back to it. Yeah, you fell into it. You loved it. No, I, I think Tunic. I think Tunic is a very very good game, and I feel like it did some. It it did it did like the great balance of like. Let's do like a game based on nostalgia, but let's also like make it new. Let's make it not just be like, "Hey, remember this thing?" Like it actually can do some actual, or you know, some actual original things, and not just some might see modern. Yes, and not just play off of old games that you remember and 
that's what I appreciate because nostalgia can get annoying real quickly. But yeah, no, all, all the all these indie games look great, and uh, maybe I'll play Stray at some point. I don't know, but I mean, I definitely want to play Cult of the Lamb, and I definitely want to play Sifu. But I yeah, play Cult those, of the Lamb play those has other a really ones. cool aesthetic. I heard Cult of the Lamb was very good. Like people were saying, like uh, Hades level even. So yeah. Next category, best mobile game. Uh, skip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Apex Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact. I am very interested in Marvel Snap, but I don't have enough space on my phone, so I can't get it. Uh, Tower of Fantasy. Those are games. I don't want to play Marvel Snap. It sounds too addictive. Well, I just I just don't want to play games on my phone, which I've talked about many times on this podcast. Uh, best community support: Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Final Fantasy fourteen, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. Uh, I'd vote for Nintendo Powerline 1988. As I say, nobody's... Well, that one was probably much more expensive than these games because of inflation, you know. Uh, It is kind of crazy that No Man's Sky is showing up on the Game Awards this many years later when it was like, basically like everybody shit on it when it came out. But apparently they came around. I mean, none of us have played played the new version of it. And it's not No Man's Sky 2. It's not No Man's Sky... Big Sky Country or something like that. It's like <laughs> the same game. They just made it better. Yeah, Innovation and accessibility. This one's only important because Return to Monkey Island is on here for accessibility. And that's, I'm not sure. I don't remember why they put that on there. For accessibility? I, that, I guess. Yeah. It's probably I wonder what just, they did to make yeah. it more accessible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I never played it, so I don't know. Um, as, as Dust Falls, God of War Ragnarok, The Quarry, Last of Us Part 1, 10th Remake on there yeah i didn't know they made an among us vr is that the next thing yeah i had no idea there was an among us vr vr ar games definitely a category i know absolutely nothing about uh after the fall among yeah among us vr uh point it to people i didn't even know that existed uh bone lab moss book 2 and red matter 2 actually i voted for bone lab because i thought it was a funny name it's like kind of the same way we do the we do the Oscars, Jess and I do, where it's like this one has a good category, even though we even though we miss the documentary, you know, short subject. Like maybe that one's all right. It was actually supposed to be called Bail Knob, but they spe- they wrote it wrong. Best action game, Bayonetta three. Hey, what's up? We talked about that game, Bayonetta oh, three. Oh yeah, the game we all boycotted. <laughs> hey, that's another one. I'm I'm hoping to maybe see a, a Black Friday sale on. Uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu. Hey, there are Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, the game I played for three hours and then never went back to. That's hey, a there fucking fine-ass game. But it's a great weekend. It w- I mean, mine was one stream session, not even a weekend. I love that game. Just three hours of a day. There it is. No, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a good game. I it just, still deserves to stand, even though these, these games they have a little bit more longevity, a lot more longevity, perhaps. Still deserves to stand among them. It's fantastic for what it is. It's a great beat-em-up. It's a shell of a good time. It's good for people who have nostalgia for Turtles. Uh, best action adventure game. It's, see, some of these categories don't make any sense. It's like uh, best action game. Bayonetta's there. But, as, but best action adventure. What's the difference here? It's, it's, I think action. It's, it's the difference between Bayonetta and Zelda. I was Zelda's say, action adventure. The difference between Bayonetta and Tunic, right? Because now we have Tunic uh, taking yeah. over for Bayonetta here. Uh, Plague Tale, God of War, Horizon, Stray, Tunic. All these games that are a little bit more about exploration, sure. have more slower-paced moments, versus the other games are just about run-and-gun action. Sure. Yeah, 
the environment matters more in these. Right. This, this was actually, this next category was one of my favorite categories because it's all Nintendo games except for Elden Ring, which we there could be debates about how much of an RPG that is. But the next one is the best role-playing game or best RPG, best type of video game of all time, in my opinion. But it, no, I think it's pretty rad that like uh, that four of the five games in here are like Nintendo games, like mm-hmm. Nintendo exclusives as well. We got a uh, Elden Ring will be on a Nintendo console eventually. I guarantee it. Sure, at some point, Switch too, maybe. But Elden Ring is the only outlier in here. But we got Live Alive, we got Pokemon Legends Arceus, we got Triangle Strategy, we got Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I mean, just think about talking to like twenty-one-year-old version of myself. When I got the when I got the GameCube and there's not that many RPGs on Nintendo and I'm like hurting for the RPG and then fast forward to 2022 where the RPG category is like all Nintendo games except for one non Nintendo game like that's I'm just saying it's great and once again more Xenoblade Chronicles three I mean like, and this is this guy Jeff Keeley you think he'll he'll think he's really cool then I I did think it was kind of shitty that they dropped the nominations before the new Pokemon game came out. Not cool, Jeff. Yeah. Not cool, <laughs> and 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 also not before the the new Dragon Quest game comes out as well. It's coming out in December. Uh, the next one is best fighting game. Uh, this one was like I haven't played any of these. Uh, DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Download the demo. Never played it. Uh, King of Fighters 15. Multiverses. Sifu. I guess you should maybe vote for Multiverses because that's probably the last time that Kevin Conroy has actually done the Batman voice, which that shit sucks. True. Like that really, that really like took me that down, me. took yeah. me down a couple pegs. Because yeah, because Ken- Kevin Conroy, for anybody who doesn't know, was the voice of Batman in the animated series, and Kevin Conroy was always my favorite Batman voice, along with yeah. Mark Hamill also being my favorite so Joker people. voice. And Jess and I, we actually watched uh, Mask of the Phantasm. A couple nights ago, and that movie is still fantastic. That was the first. Uh, yeah. That was a theatrical release off of the uh, animated series. And what was really cool about Mask of the Phantasm is like the you know the original Batman animated series. Uh, Batman couldn't kill anybody, so there were no deaths in there. But when you get to Mask of the Phantasm, they're just like fucking killing people left and right because it's in a theater. Like it's like this is in a theater. We can kill people and animate it. And it's it's really good. It's a really really good movie. Check it out. It's on HBO yeah. Max. He was man, that, that that hit me when he he passed. You know, now it's been a couple of days, maybe a week. And uh, but, um, I, was, I was just thinking about why that why that hit me so much. Well, man, I, I had a I had a pretty big Batman phase around middle school, where like that was every day. Come home from school, watch Batman. I subscribed to the Batman comics, and I think that he was probably the first voice actor whose name I I really like learned and like started to think about. Okay, who are these people? behind these shows and you know yeah but like his voice like he really carried that show and he did something there and so when he passed this week it, it just felt like a gut punch and i think probably for a lot of people of our generation so rest in peace kevin i mean yeah i saw it all over the place well i saw it from like mark hamill and like tara strong and like kevin smith and, like a lot of people who had worked worked with him on multiple things oh yeah there's a video of kevin smith gave a a, a talk i guess he's, he's got a, a must have been after after Clerks Three or something. He was doing a talk with an audience, and uh, one question came up about you know, can you say something about Kevin Conroy? And uh, he gave a little a good five minutes or six minutes on Kevin Conroy and what Kevin Conroy meant to him, and he choked up. And I recommend any any fans go watch that because it's a 
it was a nice little tribute. It, it was because uh, Kevin Smith has been going on tour for Clerks Three since like three right. months ago. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's the, that's how they make their money. They go and show their movies, and then he talks right. about it afterwards. It's a movie and a podcast at the same time. This was what they do there. But yeah, no, I, I mean, the first time I heard, uh, I mean, Kevin Smith did multiple interviews with like, uh, with Paul Denny, who like wrote the original show and Kevin Conroy and Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, like back when, uh, Fat Man Beyond was called Fat Man on Batman. I used to listen to this shit at, at the gym and do the fucking elliptical and listen to Kevin Smith talk to all these Batman people. And yeah, Kevin, Kevin Conroy is amazing. And it just really, uh, yeah, it really hit me He's so young as a 66, well, cancer, terrible thing, but yeah. Um, it, what I always thought was so cool about his portrayal of Batman is like he be, he understood the character of Batman. So like his the voice of Batman was his natural voice, and the reason that Kevin Conroy got the part, I believe, is that when he did the voice of Bruce Wayne, he made it a little bit higher, where Bruce Wayne was the fake voice and Batman was the real voice. So like, mm-hmm. so he was like, "This is Batman," but Bruce Wayne is a little bit above that, like a little higher octave. And I thought that was brilliant how how he did that because he understood that Batman in, in his, in his self was Batman. Bruce Wayne was the mask. The mask that he wore was his actual self. And that's whereas Christian Bale was like, (laughs) where's the the trigger? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, but that's, yeah, I felt like that was the correct way to portray Batman, but yeah, no, that one really, really hit me. But yeah, no, he he is the voice of Batman on uh, multi on multiverses, and that was one of probably probably the last time he did Batman. So check that out. I think it's for free somewhere. Uh, best Family Game, always the one that Nintendo gets on, and this and I think this is all five. The first, all five. I think this is the first Splatoon. There might be two Splatoon threes, but it's definitely the first one. We got Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Great game. There it is, finally. Uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, which is on other systems as well, but also Switch. I played through all of that. Mario Plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, which we'll probably forget it, but there was a new video that came out in Japan saying that Nintendo Switch Sports Golf is coming out this month. Oh, Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm into that. I'm excited about Switch Sports again. I was I, I saw that and I was like yes yes make it make it November it's gonna be great I will we will Jess and I will golf the shit out of that it'll be fun and Splatoon three uh, for the last of the best family games yeah all Nintendo's always all over family games but you know Splatoon's a good game Splatoon three very game of families uh, best sim strategy games uh, ones I don't really care that much about Dune Spice Wars I heard that wasn't wasn't that great. Uh, Mario plus rabbit sparks of hope. I always choose paprika. The sleeper has awoken. Uh, Total War, Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, Victoria 3. I guess that's on Switch as well. Skipping on through that. Best sports racing game, F122, FIFA 23. I could just be randomly saying numbers to you, and you would think that was the right thing that was nominated. John and NBA 2K23, Gran Turismo 7, Ali Ali World. I heard that was great. Friend of the show, Alex Arona. Love that game. Oh, it's actually on. Oh, wow. That's on Switch. Um, no, no. Ali Ali World is. Huh. It's a good yeah, game, yeah. apparently. Very good. Got a great review on it Nintendo World Repair report thrown under the radar or whatever they say i think people missed out on it but a friend of ours really enjoyed it uh best multiplayer here's where we see splatoon 3 again Nin- uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge on best hey, multiplayer yeah. there you go 
Uh, Overwatch 2, uh, I don't know why that's on there. Didn't they get a lot of shit like for their, for basically their release 1. of it? No, I mean, no. Overwatch 2 has been thrown under the bus big time. Like, a lot of people hate it because it sucks, apparently. I didn't play it because I couldn't get through it because it took forever to get to it. Overwatch 2 has only been out for like two months. But yeah, Multiverses again. Kevin Kevin Conroy's in there. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which, whatever, people play that. Uh, Content Creator of the Year. I don't even think I need to read these because we don't know any of these people. Wait, I didn't know I was in here. Holy shit. (laughs) When was the last time you made content? I'm the last one that posted. I posted the first three hours of Resident Evil Village on our on our uh, on our uh, YouTube. So I'm the content. Creator I posted now. a video less than a week ago. Did you? Yeah, it was the last episode. Well, but not on not on the video for everyone to see. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, content creator of the year. Don't know those people. We keep going. Uh, debut indie. I, I mean, I don't even. I mean, there were. Oh, here I it own is. two of these games. No, here, here it is. <laughs> oh, I own three of these games. So, best debut indie: uh, Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, Vampire Survivors. There it is. It's the one thing they're nominated on. There it is. You got it. I own three of these. I own Neon White, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. Yeah, I thought you'd be happy to see Vampire Survivors nominated as debut indie, whatever that means. Like, isn't any game that comes out debut whatever uh i think it's the first game by that studio is probably what it means yeah oh sure um so was this a new thing to the show had they not done this before uh this is the first time they've actually had i don't know category for things like you know non-video game things that are adapted from video games like tv shows and movies the next thing yeah uh, i think this is the best adaptation so i thought that was kind of cool league of legends Cuphead show, Sonic the Jog 2, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and Uncharted. I don't know what Uncharted is doing on there. That movie was pretty. <laughs> that, I, that was pretty widely panned. I yeah, I heard it was bad. I don't know. Uh, I actually I voted for um, I voted for Cyberpunk Edge Runners because Jeremy convinced me it, it was good uh, back a couple episodes ago. Uh, I haven't seen that, but I would go for the Cuphead it's show. Good. I thought the Cuphead show was really good. Actually, I think I lied there. I think I actually voted for Sonic the Hedgehog too because I did enjoy that on Paramount Plus. But yeah, you know, whatever. It's, I mean, this is what we have to deal with because that's the world we live in, where we have to have adaptations of fucking video games. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Instead for of good, instead of good video games, or instead of new video games, uh, most anticipated game. Uh, once again, we have Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild two, or as we know it now, Tears of the Kingdom is on there. Uh, plus, like we said earlier, Resident Evil Four, the remake, is on there. I think that I think that would be the one that would actually be a major contender against Legend of Zelda. Even though a lot of people are really waiting for Starfield on there, and uh, for anybody who gives a shit about Harry Potter, still for the Hogwarts Legacy, I mean, come on, like J.K. Rowling is a total fucking piece of shit. Like I don't know why anybody would give a shit about Harry Potter anymore. I guess yeah, try to separate the art from the artist, right? Separate. I think it's horrible, horrible, hard not horrible to person. Yeah, no, yeah, she's fucking piece of shit. Uh, and Final Fantasy sixteen, which that's got its own sort of controversy as well, because for some reason black people can't exist in Final Fantasy sixteen because it's a European country or some garbage, whatever. Yeah, uh, vote for Legend of Zelda. There's uh, there's non whites in there. I think Starfield does have potential to be a pretty cool game and resident evil 4 i mean come on we're, we've been hanging out like 
it's been a long time since Resident Evil 3 came out. We're like, can we finally get four? <laughs> well, yeah. I, will, I mean, the good thing about it is that Resident Evil 4 will finally have good controls. You don't have to tank control. You can actually uh, walk I know, and shoot and at the same time. And that might make it less fun. I think it'll make it more fun. That's yeah. how I feel. We'll see. We'll see how that it'll goes. It's going to be so much more fun. Trust me. Once you play it, I it's going to be a lot I love fun. it how it is, so it's going to be weird. I'm going to have a lot of time playing it the right way. About the Game Awards, I will say that uh, I, I recently listened to the Kit and Krista podcast where they had Jeff Keighley on there, and it did help mm-hmm. sort of frame my perspective on on him and, and, and Game Awards and all that. Did make him sound uh, better? Or did he make well, him I, sound I, better? Well, I, I just never really knew much about, about the guy, right? But, um, you know, it turns out, I mean, my impression was him, of him was always like he was like the host or whatever. He, he hosted game trailers and hosted on G4, I think. And so my impression of him was, was the host. I didn't know that he actually like came from the video game world. And as it turns out, he um, got his first, first job. out of an arcade. No, I'm sorry. When he was 13 for Sierra Online. He was a, okay. He was a beta tester at, at age 13 for Sierra Online. And uh, yeah, worked his way up from it. So he's actually been in the industry for like 30 years, even though he's only 43. So I... I that that helped uh, give me a little perspective on, on him, and I think it's you know as we talk about the game awards, um, maybe it would be worth it for anybody listening to go give that episode a, a listen and uh, you know see a little bit more about him and and you know who this this now influential guy is and uh, and the process behind his uh, show that he's putting on. Um, it helped me to think more like okay maybe this is more legit, not just a, a you know. A, a show or whatever you know there i think that there was no like video game academy with the way that there is you know a motion picture academy or academy of you know recording arts and sciences for the grammys and you just saw the opportunity for the for a more legit award show and tried to make it and so i have a little bit more sympathy for for him now and all that stuff after listening to that uh episode so i'll give it i'll give it a recommendation check it out I mean, I'm not trying to completely throw him under the bus. I just think that he, if he does really want to make it a legitimate like video game award ceremony, then yep. treat it as a fucking video game award ceremony. Don't treat it as yeah, a fucking three hour long commercial fest. Like, come on, like, yeah, the Oscars suck now. I get it, but like, at least they like put still have their commercials at the commercial time. It's not like here's 20 minutes of world premieres of things you aren't going to see for like another 10 years. Oh, and by the way, uh, this game won this thing while you were in the bathroom. You know, like it's <laughs> they like that's really how it is. Like it's just like just throwing. You know, it's like it's like oh yeah. Uh, so you saw 20 minutes of uh, whatever the fuck Anthem Five uh, that you give no shit about. Uh, by the way, uh, the, the, the world's greatest act, the person who acted the best in a video game won an award and we like threw it under the, under the door to them. And, and with a little note that said, you know, thanks for participating or whatever. And that's with that, you know, like they don't, if they want to do it right, like just make it a thing where the people come up and do, and do like speeches and stuff. And instead of just being like, oh, here's the world premiere of call of duty, 20 million, like no one cares. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying again. He just needs to do it better. Just make it. Just do if if you want it to. If you want it to be like a masturbation Take fest, fest of like uh, new trailers or whatever, make that a separate thing, and then make and then make the fucking awards part a separate thing as well. I wonder if that's part of the reason why he did the summer games fest and 
I think they did that twice a year now or something. It is some some kind of more E3 sort of. Event. I mean, that kind of sucked too. Because <laughs> yeah. like, hey, I'm The Rock, and here's my new shitty movie, which Sean saw in the theater. But uh, this is, I, I mean, let's just get, I mean, it doesn't really, we'll just get rid of the rest of them. Uh, best esports game, who cares? Counter Strike, Dota, League of Legends, Rocket League. Dota 2. John likes that one. Uh, Valorant. Rocket League's good. I think uh, I think I voted for that one just because I knew a person who played that. Uh, best esports athlete. I voted for one of these that were not white people. Uh, I voted for uh, one, Faker. Of the, one of these two on the left. Uh, Faker or Chovy. Yeah, I don't know. Probably pronounced that wrong. Best esports team. I think I voted don't for Gen G. That's what I voted for. But yeah, these don't know, don't know any of them. Uh, don't know. Esports coach. Uh I voted for uh, Ghost Score Dongbin because because that's a good name. And then the last one, uh, best esports event. I don't even. I, I will think. never tell anyone who I voted for because that's my privacy as a citizen. Of the uh, I voted for Evo just because that's the only one I'd heard of of all these. But yeah, there there you go. There's the. I mean, the, yeah. There's a lot of those. It's like, what is this? What is that? But my favorite thing was the was the many amount of times that Xenoblade Chronicles Three was was nominated. So. They 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 got at least we win one. Give them one, please. That's a that's. I a, would hope that's a great. That is a, it is a great great game, and give them an award already. Come on, they've been doing a I lot. Would hope, uh, they've been Kirby doing a lot of shit for Nintendo. Time. They've been doing a lot of shit for RPGs. They've been a lot of sh- doing a lot of shit about great story writing. So let them let them win. I think uh, Elden Ring will probably get Game of the Year. There's really no way. Around I agree. It. No, they will. They will. But Xenoblade will get something. They will get an award, but it might be best RPG because yeah, I was saying they'll at least get RP best RPG, maybe a second one. But yeah, there's there's. Well, I say let's uh, talk about these anniversaries and then uh, and then wrap it up. Oh yeah, yeah no, the Atari I- Fifty anniversary celebration. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm ready. To, <laughs> we can just wrap it up now. Uh, where's uh? Hey, well, these are worth mentioning. So Resident Evil Zero is 20 years old. Came out on uh, November 12th, 2002. Jeremy and I played that in Kentucky at friend of ours uh, at Brian's house. He actually has a fucking Japanese toy store right down the street from me now. If you come up here for your 40th birthday, we should go there and see if he's there. We can say hello. I I bought some uh, green tea flavored Kit Kats over there. That's in two weeks. from. Also 20 years old, Metroid Prime came out on the 18th of November. And, 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 don't forget, and Metroid Fusion. Also came out on the same day of uh, what 2004? No, 2002. 2002. Hey, uh, oh, Fusion. Oh, good. I, I was thinking the echoes. No, okay. The, 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 well, the people who listen to our Patreon episode yeah. will know that 2002 is the best year in video gaming because in 2002 we had two Metroid games came out at the same time. We had the 3D Metroid and the 2D Metroid, so we had Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime come out on the same day, which was 20 years ago, and that's pretty fucking rad, because both of those games are very, very good. We got the sequel to Met- Super Metroid, two sequels to Super Metroid, but the 3D one and the 2D one. And when that came out, I was like, I'm living in the best time of all t-. Like, There will never be a better time than that, where you have two Metroid games on the same day. Never yeah. happened again. That's true. Yeah, it's fucking great. 20 years ago. And I was a, living in a house made out of wood with insects crawling through it. It was great. <laughs> yeah, when you were at the when you were at the camp. 
But still, Metroid Prime, I and mean, we had a great time. Uh, Jeremy and I, we had a good time. And John was, you know, met John around that time, talked about the greatness of mm-hmm. Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion. And then they interact. Yeah. They interacted. You could wear the Metroid Fusion suit in the Metroid Prime game. You could play mm-hmm. Metroid on NES on your GameCube on the TV. Fucking cool. Yeah, very. very I can cool. remember playing it at your in your dorm tray, and uh, you were playing you were playing Prime, and I was playing. Uh, uh, the GBA one, oh, so fusion. That was a lot of fun. To, yeah, if you, yep, they were playing at the same time, and you were showing me how they interact, and I thought that was really cool. I remember one. I think it was around the time. It might have been around the time we first met, where John was like, uh, "Hey, do you want to go get like lunch or something after class?" And I was like, "No, I got to use my money on Prime." And then I went and bought Prime <laughs> instead of food, but it was worth it because Metroid Prime is one of my favorite games of all time. Release that, re-release that HD version already, <laughs> if you're even working on it. But no, that game's really, really, really good. There was a cool uh, bit of behind-the-scenes news. Uh, uh, in honor of the 20th anniversary, one of the developers has been releasing bits of uh, stories on Twitter. One of the stories he, he revealed, this is a, a guy named uh, Zoid Kirsch, whose his name sounds like a Metroid character. Um, yeah, he says that he revealed, um, he, he says that there, there was a point in the game where they were trying to get some kind of... Uh, static effect on the helmet like when you got hit or something they're trying to make static effect but they, the game just didn't have some enough enough memory they they, they they stretched the game to its limit they didn't know how to get this effect going without totally crashing the game and they ended up innovating by instead of adding some new asset for that effect they ended up rendering the game's actual code on the screen so when samus gets hit and her set, her face goes staticky. Okay, yeah, I was gonna the, say there the is static, an effect. The static yeah. is an actual. The static that you're seeing is an actual render of the game's real code. So they were able to save save memory by using the game's code as an effect. Nice. They, they, cool, they, they found meta. a workaround. Yeah, I mean, I was still really impressed just by the fact that you could walk up to a reflective surface and just see your face on there and just jump up and down and your face just moves around. And I was also really impressed, like where. Uh, you know, where you would shoot something and the brightness would be so bright where you'd see the reflection of your face through the glass and you would blink like, ah, that was like, it was so good. So good. The game was so good. Yeah. And I and used to do that. that I would just little like frost up like when you first. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you got to the. Yeah. Or, or would you or like also like when you would kill the little bugs and like the, their guts would like go oh. on your. Yeah. It's just like so much cool interact. They just. And, and I remember I was so like, you know, at the time I was like, you can't make a first person Metroid game. It's got to be 2D, whatever. But there's like so much time in Metroid Prime of you like being outside of the suit that you, whatever, you're not going to give a fuck about it. Like it's, they, they, they were like, let's show, we're going to show so much of Samus in third person. And they show a lot of it and like, and all of like the ball stuff also in third person. It was just, it was done really, really well. I had a ball with it. Yes, <laughs> I did as well. Slap that on the cover. <laughs> Jeremy's review. Had a ball of it. No, yeah. Uh, whenever it gets, uh, if it ever gets that uh, HD re-release or whatever, it will. I, I mean, I'll, I'll buy it because I love that game. It's great. Really, really it will, good. and you will buy it. Uh, I will, because yeah, Metro. Like I said, Metro Prime is one of my favorite games. Very, very good game. And what else? Uh, some turn ten years. Yeah, the Wii U. <laughs> Wii U. The 11, Switch 18, Progenitor. 12. Yep. Love that Wii U. It was a Switch before the Switch. That's true. It was the switch where you could not be a certain amount of feet away from it for it to work. It was the switch, but it was like 
quantum entangled switch. It was, it was like sw- one unit, but they were entangled. <laughs> it was a switch, but it had Xenoblade Chronicles X on it, so it was the best system of all time. Yeah, that's a good game. It's a real good game. I, I hope it eventually comes to something else. But it's like what that and Devil's Third is like all we have left of, of great Switch games that didn't make it to to Wii U. I will I will stand forever for Devil's Third. That was, that was a great game. It's stupid as fuck, but it's so much fun. If you like dumb action games, it's great. But yeah, yeah, uh, Wii U, and I mean. That's almost like the ten-year anniversary of of Nintendo Main because we did start that when the Wii U was uh, was the Nintendo hotness. So yeah, I think we started in tw- I think we started in 2015. So we're right. We're, it was we're, 14 we're discussion like every ten episodes or so when the show yeah. started. Let's write it down. No, I mean it was it was 2015, I believe. Yeah, it was 2015 when it started. The end of 2015, before uh, the fall of 2016 or whatever. Yeah, the Wii U. Uh, I still have it hooked up, and I'm still planning on finding a way to get Drill Dozer after last week's episode where Jeremy was talking about it. So I'm still going to find a way to buy uh, Wii games well before it goes out. And I'm probably going to try to find a way to buy Persona Q2 because I'm sure I'm going to really want to play that after I beat Persona 5 and 4 and 3 and whatever else is out at the time. But yeah, I think uh, that's good. That's our episode. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening to episode 347. If you want to find us on the internet, you can find us on Twitter as long as it's still standing. Um, you can find myself at Nintendo underscore domain. You can find Jeremy at jmaxstack on Twitter, you know, for... Make sure to check those blue check marks to make sure you're really talking to Trey, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm not paying $8 for that. Well, apparently that's already gone away. Whatever, it's fine. Twitter still exists in some way. Some people still for find... Now. Some, some people still find enjoyment. On it. Actually, go to Jeremy's page... And look at all your jokes that you put on there, because you had some good ones on there. I, I did get some chuckles out of that, so yeah. I started just posting all my drafts recently. Oh, your Twitter drafts. So yeah, they were good. There's some good ones in there. I enjoyed it. Yeah, at jmaxstack. <laughs> Check that out. Um, also at twitch.tv slash podcast. I didn't stream this week, but I will probably stream next week as long as I'm not working. But I still, I still need to do my Kaizo Mario Party 1. And also... Uh, I want to do some more Monster Hunter Sunbreak stuff now that I got all these amiibos. So we'll get back to that. Uh, also, youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. You can find the first three hours of uh, Resident Evil Village on there if you want to see what it plays like in the cloud. You can watch me play it on there. And yeah, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. John Hitter. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. See you.